Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Hello, welcome everyone to the spotlight here on Fightful. I'm Jerry Lambert, joined as always by Steven Jensen. Jensen, how are you? I'm doing great, Jeremy. We've got a guest joining us today on the show. <laughs> Let's go! Let's go! What is happening? What is happening? It's Stardust Appreciation Day, Jeremy. It's Stardust. <laughs> Every day is Stardust Appreciation Day. Fair. Did you get the tattoo, Share Dust? I have not, but I'm going to. <laughs> oh, man. So I, Jensen tells me, behind the scenes scoops here, Jensen tells me I have, he's like, I have a bit to do. And just, just go with it. And as I'm hitting go live, I see Share Dust pop in on the backstage area wearing that kid up good timing by the way didn't spoil the bit at all because you popped in like right at two o'clock it's uh, i was like oh fuck what are they doing what are they doing <laughs> yeah you know we just wanted to uh spread some love you know shared us over there has the purple the purple gear i got the purple gear i got the yellow gear as well but you know that's kind of become like a like a prop in my set now um but uh, but yeah, what was your favorite uh, moment of uh, Cody's return, Stardust? Or are you are you mad because it was in fact Cody and not Stardust? Uh, my favorite moment is when he did the cartwheel and did the. <laughs> Man, I wish my camera could move enough that I could do a cartwheel in my living room right now. Oh come on, um, you can do it. I, 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 it. There's I legitimately I there I can't. Maybe next oh, week God. I'll do some. I'll like, go outside. I'll have someone tape it. Oh God. Oh, oh God. Save this works. Okay, let's go. 
Let's go, Jeremy. Bad. This is gonna go horrible. Oh man. What are we doing? <laughs> that what? No. Wait, Where wait, were your legs? legs? Yeah, Where your leg, No, your legs were like. Way. Where did your legs go? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, what was that? <laughs> the, hold on. Is there, I mean, I've seen you do, I've seen you commit before, Jeremy. I've seen you do the psychosis leg drops off the top, you know, onto the ground or wherever. Did like it not show room? up? No, like your legs were like below the camera. It looked like oh, you did okay, one of those okay, like okay. cheap, like, you know, little right, kid trying right. to do a cartwheel the, thing. The problem, this place is very messy because I don't live here anymore. It's just my own personal trash space at this point. <laughs> but hold on. I'll move the camera. I'll 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 deliver for the people. All right. All right. Let's go. Doing it for the views. I feel like I can be seen a bit more now. Yeah. Yes. Do you have enough space to do a court? Yeah, I think I'm space. Clear stuff out of the way. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Here we go, guys. Oh, well, that was much better. <laughs> that was yeah. That was. It had uh, to be better. Given our age and lack of athleticism, I would say that that was that was that was pretty impressive. That yeah. was better than I thought it was going to get. Okay, so, that yeah. was that was better than I could do, but I also <laughs> am on crutches. So, <laughs> <laughs> how is yeah. your knee, John Alba? John Alba hurt you. John Alba did hurt me. Um, mm. Blame him. I'm doing better. I'm in physical therapy now. That's good. Mm. That's good. That's do you want to do you want to review anything? Share dust. No, I just I'm gonna get blocked by Cody on Twitter from that. tagging him every day, asking him where Stardust is. <laughs> he said Stardust isn't coming back. I don't care what he said. <laughs> He's Literally, a no liar. Isn't dead, Jeremy? Look at the screen right now. You think uh, that Stardust is dead? Well, Stardust is very much alive. He is a known liar. He's. I think Brian said Truly. that. Truly. <laughs> <laughs> no, he does like to lie, so that's fair. I mean. Okay, well, right. I just came to be Stardust. <laughs> thanks. Yeah. Thanks, Thank Sheridan. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for, for doing this bit with me. And uh, <laughs> yeah, have a good one. Yeah. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye. Thank you. Oh, my God. Yeah, I did not know that was happening. I told you, like, I saw yeah. her pop up backstage, like, right as I'm clicking go live. I was like, oh, jeez. Here we go. These dorks that they're Stardust. <laughs> yes. Had to, had to get off the Stardust bit. I mean, Cody's back, baby. Let's go. <laughs> WWE Fed not dead. Fed's back. Pumped but, up. And here's the thing. You can be a fan <laughs> of All Elite Wrestling. You can be a fan of Cody Rhodes. You can do the same two simultaneously. It's crazy, y'all. We're living in a world where, like, we're all winning as fans. <laughs> it is good. I'm. I was happy. We're going to start there. I mean, I think... I think people got it by now. We're gonna we're gonna start with Cody. But by the way, guys, we have no interview this week. Uh, no creator spotlight. It was such a busy week in wrestling. So much to talk about. Tim Jensen and I for two hours. We're gonna we're gonna hang out and we're gonna talk about all the wrestling for two hours. Uh, we'll have we'll have an interview next week though. Uh, so yes, Cody is back in WWE. I think again, ninety nine percent of people thought it was happening or were, were sure it was going to happen. There was still that one percent of uh, I don't know. Maybe WWE likes to do this stuff and then not deliver. It did happen. Wrestling has won. Then uh, more than one royal family came out. Tremendous pop. Huge pop for Cody. It was good to see him. I've I've always said this in that he's always felt like a WWE superstar. And I'm sure people listening will understand 
what that means is like he fit in with AEW. He did his thing in AEW. He went all out in AEW. He always felt like he was just a WWE guy, though, with, with the way he would uh, put together matches, with the way he would do his storylines and everything, compared to a lot of the AEW stuff where there was more of an emphasis on the in-ring. There was more an emphasis on like the, the elite kind of stuff. And Cody, great wrestler, not quite at that level of like an Omega and the Young Bucks and everything. Nothing wrong with that. He always felt like he belonged with the grandiose, the grandeur, of something like WrestleMania. I think he'd tell you that himself. The the fucking entrance that he does with the coming out in the middle and everything, like all of this very WWE. Like he is very over the top pro wrestler. And that's why he fits so well in WWE. And I'm glad that he's back in WWE and he can still do this stuff there. I was excited to see him. I was pumped up. Not as pumped up as you, but I was pumped up. I yeah, I was pumped up because you know, for the last few months, I've been kind of dreading this happening. Because I don't, I didn't want Cody to go back to the WWE because I, I had my reservations about, you know, exactly how this was going to go down. And like, if he came out and like lost to Rollins right away or something, like I was like getting kind of worried about it. Um, my worries were alleviated by what I saw over the last weekend with Cody and on Monday. Um, his match with Seth Rollins was my favorite match of WrestleMania. Um, Monday night, he came out and he cut a promo And what have I been saying, y'all, whether it was here or with Doug or with Jesse or on other Fightful podcasts, I've been saying it for months. This could be as simple as Cody Rhodes wants to win the WWE Championship because no other Rhodes has ever won it. He can bring it to his dad's grave, say, Dad, I did it. His dad was so closely linked with the company, the developmental with NXT for all those years. They do the Dusty Classic and all that. Like, And he pretty much confirmed what I was hoping for on Monday. He cut a promo basically saying, I never got to hand my dad the world championship. That was my biggest goal when I got into wrestling. Um, I thought that dream was dead, but it really isn't when you really think about it. Like I can do this for me and I can do this for for my family still. And I think it's an incredible story. And the way that they presented Cody so far, it's, it's fascinating, but it's really exciting at the same time because the way, what they've done with him is it's like, yeah, he left WWE when he did in 2016, actually on my birthday, May 22nd, 2016, there's a lot of layers to this stuff. Jim. Um, but when he, when he left the company, basically because they didn't see him as a top star and they made it very clear to him. And he had multiple big opportunities taken away from him. He had a WrestleMania match taken away from him the day of years back. He was supposed to win money in the bank multiple times taken away night of um, push and gimmick changes and all this stuff. And he finally said, I've had enough of this. I'm going to prove to you that I am a main event level star. I'm a real star. I can be your next John Cena. And he left WWE. He accomplished everything he accomplished. And now Vince sees him as a legit superstar. And I think he's the most likely person now to potentially beat Roman. I think he just jumped the line over everyone else that WWE has outside of maybe Roman. But I think, I think he might actually beat him because the story is such a good story of him winning that title that Dusty could never win. Um, so I'm, I'm super excited for, I mean, I watched all of raw. I think the rest of the three hours was terrible. I have to be <laughs> honest, but like his, his stuff is interesting. And I, I'm very excited for that. His stuff is, excuse me, his stuff is certainly more interesting than anything else going on on that show. I don't remember much of that show, uh, but I, I definitely remember the, the Cody promo, which was, which was fantastic. And he has breathed some new life 
until Raw. How long it'll last, I don't know. I hope that, you know, he can, he can stay this way. Um, I have my concerns because they do this a lot where they will kill the momentum of somebody within weeks, sometime within hours. But he that, that promo was so good that it wasn't dead by the end of Raw. I think they will kind of slow burn this Roman stuff because he made his intentions clear, right? He, he's going after the title. He's going after the belt. And I, and even though it seems like, okay, we'll just go after it. You beat Seth Rollins. What's stopping you? Just do it. I think there will be a couple of roadblocks in there. And so you will slow burn to, to get to Roman. I think he's going to have to beat a few people. I don't know who that's going to be. Uh, I mean, Kevin Owens is probably the only other top heel on raw. And now he's doing something with Ezekiel or I'm pretty sure that's his name. Um, <laughs> You know, Lashley was a top heel, but now he's babyface. Uh, you've got Omos, who it seems like they're positioning as a top heel. I do think Lashley should get like some type of title match because he got taken out at Elimination Chamber and never like actually lost the title. I think they got to circle back to that at some point. Whether or not they will, I don't know. Uh, Roman, and then on SmackDown, I don't know who has Roman. Roman has on SmackDown to be some type of uh, title or to be some type of uh, challenger. For, for Roman's title. But I think they'll slow burn Cody. They'll put a couple of roadblocks in his way. I think it was Dangor who pointed out that like July uh, or July or August, like there's a house show at Madison Square Garden or SmackDown at Madison Square Garden. And that makes a lot of sense for like Cody to do some type of, some type of challenge uh, there. And then maybe like, maybe he loses that or, or he wins that by count out, doesn't win the title. Like it's a great story. And then people are like, oh, well it's, eight days before SummerSlam. Why do it there? Like that doesn't have to be the SummerSlam match. Cody and Roman does not have to be the SummerSlam match. Roman could just easily do like, I feel bad for you, kid. Like, you know what? Madison Square Garden, do this. Do you do this for your dad. See if you can make dad proud. Even though I'm doing whatever at SummerSlam, see if you can make dad proud. And then he wins by count out. And then Cody still has to still work his way up. I think you could do something like that. Somebody said Drew is up next for Roman. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, for, for it to be Drew. I kind of forgot he existed because he, of the program he'd been working going into Mania. Um, but I think they slow burn Cody. I am interested to see where it goes while they do slow burn this because he made his intentions clear that he wants the title. Yeah. Yeah. It's a matter of of when, not if, which is like really, uh, makes me really yeah. optimistic because like, the, like you said, like at this point, we've got to see Cody go after the world title. It doesn't, it doesn't mean it has to be next week. It doesn't, you know, there's no real timeline on it. It's just now those seeds have been planted and that that's out in the world. Now. Um, I think this is kind of a interesting or, or good one to pull up real quick. Brock versus Roman will take 10 crossroads for Cody to beat Roman. Ha ha. I think that's the match where Cody hits a pedigree. I think when he wins the world title, Ooh. he's going to do it with a pedigree. Oh, um, that's good. Yeah. So, and I love that they're basically crossing crossing over the crossroads stories of AEW and WWE. Because, like, if you followed the AEW run, he was teasing that pedigree over and over. And he was using the same exact American Nightmare gimmick with the same entrance and all the pyro and the same music and everything. So it's rewarding the fans who follow everything because you're seeing code. Like, he did that, uh, he did, like, the tiger, like, the tiger bomb uh, during, uh, during WrestleMania. And he like they tease it multiple times, like him going for the double underhooks, and it's like it's the same thing he was doing in AEW, but the difference being the WWE audience has embraced him with open arms at least up to this point, and he's getting massively cheered as a babyface. So like, you know, I think that 
it's wild because I think the story he started in AEW is going to culminate in the WWE, which is like just a super unique thing and, and kind of rewards you for being a fan of both AEW and the WWE. Yeah, um, for sure. And I like the call. I like the call. I'm doing the pedigree to, to beat Roman. It's, it still might take him five, but I do like that call uh, if he does that. I'm interested in in what Cody is going to do. People, people have said AJ should be kind of a roadblock match. That's a good one. Edge is obviously there. There's no like, – it feels like there's plenty of fresh matchups for Cody. He wrestled Kevin Owens uh, in the dark match. Um, they never wrestled one-on-one. That was officially their like first one-on-one match. Uh, they've been in like multi-man matches, but not one-on-one. I know Sammy's on SmackDown, but like I don't think the brand split matters at this point. But Sami Zayn is somebody they could do. There's no shortage of guys you can work programs with who feel like a fresh contender for him. It's a matter of keeping that stuff fresh because they have a they have a very long history and a, a very uh, great ability to make things feel very stale very quickly. So it's a matter of keeping that stuff fresh and keeping him like over and telling the long-term story with all this. Cause you can't just beat Cody like too often, if at all, like you can't just have him going 50, 50 with people, uh, you know, week to week on raw and everything. You can't have him taking meaningless matches or meaningless pens and like tag matches and things like that. Like you got to keep him over. And that's something they, they will struggle with is they'll just beat guys for the sake of beating guys. Yeah. Yeah. But when you think about like uh, kind of potential opponents for him outside of Roman, that could kind of build him to the belt without him losing on the way to it and having good matches. And like, like, I think like Kevin Owens was a really good example. I, I wish that match happened on raw, like instead of after raw on Monday, but you know, that's another big sign of confidence. Like, Cody beat Owens at Raw after WrestleMania. He's the one who sent the crowd home, home happy with the promo yeah. afterwards. Like they're putting, a, they're investing a lot of stock into him right away. And I think there's some good ideas in the chat. Like I think Cody versus, versus Vince McMahon is is a possibility at some point. I don't um, need to see that guy wrestle after what we witnessed. Either do I, but I'm just saying like the story would make sense with him, you know, founding AEW and everything. Um, I, Cody, I, Cody and Austin theory. If you want to use Austin theory as the, the guinea pig for Vince, like they did with McAfee, that's fine. If you want to do that, but tell it with Austin theory, please, for the love of God, do not put Vince McMahon back in that ring. Okay. Yeah, like don't, that's, fair. I will, that's fair. I will say this. People are dunking on Vince for the stunner and how bad he took it. That was a shoot to Vince McMahon. He, he got kicked in the gut. He stumbled a little bit. He tried to avoid. Why would you, if someone kicks you in the gut, why would you just lay your neck out there so someone can grab you by the neck? You would try to avoid it. Be like, no, don't grab my neck. Don't do this. I thought Vince was treating that shit as a shoot. So I didn't <laughs> think he took it bad at all. This, this is real to him. Damn it. Uh, but I don't fair. need to see that man in the ring. All right? That's fair. And that well, killed the McAfee thing for me. Yeah, I, I, it would have been way better if they just ended it after McAfee won and the crowd was going crazy, singing the white stripes and all that. I, I'm I'm with you. Um, but as far as like more credible opponents, like I think that Cody versus AJ Styles on pay-per-view would be like yeah, a be great cool. match and a story that you could tell about. I mean, because AJ was kind of kind of did the same thing to a degree. He didn't leave the WWE and come back, but he was the biggest star outside of the WWE for like 15 years before he entered the WWE um, and I think there's a really interesting story you can tell there with both of them being former members of the Bullet Club and, and all that stuff. Like, so see, I wonder how much they they lean into that kind of stuff. 
because we've seen plenty of people go from WWE to AEW and AEW has no history or no, no, um, uh, no bones to like acknowledge WWE. They'll do it. They don't care. Like they'll, they'll reference WWE all the, all the time. And you know, whether it's a good shot, bad shot, they will tell you the history of these wrestlers and the history of these wrestlers cannot be told without mentioning WWE for, for a good, a good chunk of them in a, in a lot of these views. I wonder how much WWE is going to do that with AEW because this is our first real example of it. And this is a big example, yeah. obviously. Like it's it's Cody Rhodes, one of the the four former executive vice presidents of AEW who helped found that that company. Like it's a big chunk of his history. Cody, to his credit, willing to say stuff in the the media calls, the media scrums. He was on the bump. He mentioned AEW. Uh, any interview he's done, like he's had to talk about it and everything. I wonder on television how much they're going to do it. Like Rollins did the welcome to the big leagues, bitch type of thing. Um, but I don't know how much, cause you mentioned AJ and like AJ is a good one because yeah, you could talk about bullet club stuff. You, you could talk about AJ saying like you, you left, you went to this place. Um, you know, I came here, I established like, instead of going with all of them to help that, like I helped build this brand. Like you can do that stuff. How much are they willing to reference Cody's AEW history? That's what I wonder. And I don't think, I don't think they're going to do it too often. Yeah. I mean, we, we won't, it's hard to know until stuff starts kind of playing out, but uh, yeah, I mean, I don't expect them to, to do a whole bunch of free advertising for AEW on their television show. Like I, I don't expect that, but it is interesting when you think about just, I think I think it showed a lot when like Jericho went on Stone Cold's podcast. Like that wasn't on Raw or SmackDown or whatever, but like you had a contracted AEW wrestler come on and talk about AEW during the interview. Like, you know, that gave me a little bit of sign of hope, maybe that like maybe they are going to be open. Now the other thing is this: it is Cody, and that's that's the like if this was like like Sammy Guevara coming over, like this would be different. Like I don't think there would be any need to really reference AEW. Like for fans, it would be nice, but like, I don't think AEW would, would do it. They just have him try to get over in the ring doing his thing. But eight with Cody, like you said, with him being a founding member of the company and leaving the company and they keep referring to like him being this whole new guy who's done all this stuff outside of the WWE. So like they had, it'd be nice if they gave a bit more context like they've, made, they've done a good job up to this point, making Cody seem like a really big deal that he's back. But for the fans that don't follow anything outside of the WWE, it'd be nice to like kind of clue them in a bit more about like why and like how, like, like you can say all day that he's a different guy than he was six years ago because he went and he wrestled outside of the WWE or whatever. But like, if they really go that one step farther of explaining like, well, not only did he leave, like, he's founded other companies. He's worked in every other company that, that there is. He worked all over the world. He's had this opponent, that opponent been affiliated with this and that like, but, but then again, I, I understand what you're saying, Jeremy, like it isn't really WWE's thing to like, to like talk about non WWE companies on their, on their shows. Like I, I totally get that as well. I just think it'd be interesting. Cause like Cody, Cody's just the most unique example possible in the situation he's in right now. I, I think they're going to continue to do it without directly referencing AEW. They will just kind of dance around where he's actually been. But if you, it's kind of if if you know, you know type of thing. And if you don't know, then look it up to to them. Like that, that's that's just their mindset. Is if you don't know, great, no harm, no foul. 
you know, if, if you want to know, there's plenty of information out there. And if you know, then, you know, like push it to. Um, but I, I don't know how many like wrestlers are going to actually like kind of reference and take shots. There'll be plenty of opportunities to do so. I, I think Cody even said it like you don't have to do it. It's kind of cheap and things like that. I don't think Cody wants to be involved in a bunch of just like cheap shot kind of stuff like that. Yeah, maybe he's lying. Uh, Cody, no liar. Um, so so I don't know how often we're going to get it, but there will be. AJ's a big one. Kevin Owens is a big one. I think even Roman is a big one because Roman's not afraid to say that shit. Paul Heyman's not afraid to say that shit. And even Seth, like a lot of these guys, they, they got the, the carte blanche here. I think I used that word correctly. Uh, they got the cachet to where they can do that stuff if they want to do it. And they're probably not going to get in trouble with any of it. And it helps advance the story as well. I don't think we're going to see it too much. I definitely don't think we're going to see any direct AEW mentions, uh, but I do think they'll they'll kind of tell as much as they can without beating you like, hey, AEW, that's what Cody helped do. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. But yeah, I'm, I'm just excited to see where this all goes. Because I also think that even without saying all this stuff that we're talking about, about his outside the WWE run, I think he's going to get over and stay over big time with the current WWE audience, even just based off of what he did at WrestleMania and Monday. Like you don't even, you don't even need to know about any of the AEW stuff to get behind the idea of this guy wanting to win the world title that no one in his family has ever won before. Like, yeah. you know, I, you know, so they don't even, I mean, I just think it adds to it for like, especially for like the, the fans like ourselves who have watched a long time and like certain demographic age group and stuff. But like, I think for like the, the majority of the WWE fans, uh, you know, especially like the kid audience, I think a lot of them, because a lot of them might be seeing Cody Rhodes for the first time, because they might have just gotten into WWE within the last six years. That's totally possible as well. And I think it's a really easy story to get behind. It's it's something you can really root for as a guy who, you know, and, and they do a good job of keeping Dusty's legacy alive in the WWE. So like, so people know who Dusty Rhodes is if you watch the WWE, no matter how long you've watched it. Um, so it's, just, it's something that you can root for for Cody to to get that title belt and, and, and show his dad, like I did it, you know, what's your best case scenario as, as the, the Cody Rhodes fan in the entire world, the biggest Cody Rhodes fan in the entire world. What's your best case scenario for Cody Rhodes? Um, that's a hard one to answer, but I'll say this. It doesn't really matter who he beats. Although I think if it was Roman and Roman stayed unbeaten until Cody, it would mean that much more because of how great Roman has been elevating the universal championship and now being like the, the unified champion. Um, I'll say this and people can call this corny or Markish or whatever you want to, but like uh, if Cody Rhodes wins the WWE championship, it'll be my proudest moment ever as a professional wrestling fan. Like wow. that's, yeah, that that's the thing I am looking forward to the most. Cause this was, this is what I was, when we were in the, the high school wrestling mats in you know 2004, I'm think I'm watching this dude doing like he this is stuff people don't know like over the summers so Dusty Rhodes ran Turnbuckle Championship Wrestling yeah. and he would train wrestlers in our high school wrestling gym over the summer so we would have like these summer camps and there would be a ring in the camp so I was watching Cody doing like moonsaults off the top rope in high school and stuff and I'm just sitting here thinking man, it would be the coolest thing ever if this guy wrestled for the WWE one day. Like, that, at that point, that was, like, the goal. It was, like, man, if I just knew somebody who was on wrestling for on TV, that would be the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. And then, once he got into the WWE and he was there for, like, 10 years, that dream kind of went from, like, 
wanting to see him there to being like, I really want to see him be the champion. And like the intercontinental title run I thought was great. And, and of him bringing back the old intercontinental championship belt and all the tag team stuff he did. He pinned Roman Reigns, by the way, in the, when it was shield versus uh, the, uh, the brotherhood, which, yeah, which people forget. They can run that footage of him pinning Roman years ago. Um, But there's, there, but I, but I had given up after like the money in the bank stuff. And so I just, I didn't, when Sandow won, I, I had kind of given up the idea of like Cody ever being the WWE champion. Um, but then that dream changed as a Cody Rhodes fan. Cause I was like, well, AEW is incredible. So like, if this is the best it gets like AEW's, I love AEW and, but he can't win the world title in AEW. It, it was the weirdest thing. Like he, like him of all people wasn't allowed to win the title in AEW and they're sticking with this story. So now it's like the dream has come full circle for me as a fan of his. And it's like, I'm just getting flashbacks of me watching this kid drop knees on people and practice pro wrestling in high school and being like, I hope he's the WWE champion one day to like, let's go Cody. Let's go get that title belt. Like I'm, I'm so here to see Cody Rhodes win the WWE championship. It'd be, it'd be the peak of me as a wrestling fan for the last three decades. Are you going to, are you going to be in the ring celebrating with him? I assume like a bunch of fans and stuff are going to jump in the ring. You're going to be there. Are you going to be his manager? For that match, like that's how I'll know when Cody's gonna win the title. Is you're there ringside <laughs> to be as his manager? Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I'll, I'll say this: if when when it is eventually eventually booked for him to wrestle for the world championship, if it's a possibility of me being there live, I will be there live. SummerSlam, SummerSlam's in Nashville. If it's in SummerSlam, if it's in Nashville, I will be in Nashville. Okay. Oh man, I might have to make that trip to Nashville. If Cody's wrestling Roman first at SummerSlam, I think I'm gonna have to make that trip as well. Honestly, we'll see. Yeah, that'd, that'd be spot- sick, dude. On the spotlight meetup, we'll, we'll we'll jump in the ring with Cody Rhodes when he wins the title at SummerSlam. Just be me and you and Cody. So big celebration. I'd come off more like uh you ever seen the movie Saving Silverman back in the day? Yeah, it's been a while, but yes. Yeah, I don't sure remember, but they show the footage of like why Jack Black's character gets like banned from being he gets like uh like a restraining order put against him from Neil Diamond. They're like the biggest Neil Diamond fans. And it's like footage of him like jumping the barricade when he's yeah. like walking to into like a concert and he like hugs him and like tells him he wants to party with him like that like that that would be me like jumping into the ring for cody winning the world championship that's what we're gonna do <laughs> wrestling security isn't that good we can easily get in the ring and celebrate with cody he'll recognize you immediately and be like these guys are cool these guys are good i don't know if he'll recognize me probably not i don't think he knows who i am i don't know if you recognize but... me either i there's one thing i the, every time i've seen cody since high school there's one thing i say to him it's like our our thing from high school was like our team thing and he immediately then he's like oh yes like yeah like, just do that he meets a trillion people of, of a week you know um but yeah i there i there's certain things i could say to him that'll that he'll he'll put it two and two together so See, yeah. just just do that and it'll be good you'll, you'll get in immediately and just say that i'm with you and then hopefully by proxy He'll allow me to get in the ring. I got I got the tattoo drawn on my neck and stuff for him. I did not realize how many like memorable Cody Rhodes moments I've been there live for. I was there for the the last promo before Full Gear, where he uh, uh, put the stipulation that he wouldn't challenge for the world title. That promo was fucking fire, by the way. That was a great promo. I was there at Full Gear when he didn't win the title. And so he wasn't able to to challenge for it again. And then I was there for his last AEW match against Sammy in the ladder match. I was there for that. So 
And then after a, a few big Cody Rose moments. So I'll be there. If Summer if SummerSlam is headlined by Roman and Cody, I'll make it a point to go to that show. Me and Jensen, right. we'll spotlight meet up and we're going to celebrate with Cody when he wins the big one. Yes. Yeah, sounds like a plan. And uh, you kind of glossed over one thing that I didn't, I wasn't aware of. You you drew, did you or the EP draw on your, who drew the tattoo? Oh, one of the kids did. One, one of the of kids, kids did. Yeah, so yeah. I need to see that after the show. Like I need to see a picture. I somehow missed that. So no, you were. It was the Cody Rhodes Roundtable. Oh, that's right. I completely yeah. forgot about that. Oh, by the way, they want a reunion. There was like fan. There's like fan petitions right now to see me, USP3, and Joe. Yeah, you missed it because you're so busy this past week. But like, oh, there, there's mentions. been there's been some Twitter. There's been some Twitter threads about wanting to see a Cody Rhodes Roundtable with four of us again. Oh, okay. We we will 100 percent do this. I yeah, I completely missed this with the weekend. My mentions were trash fire because i was doing a bunch of troll tweets and so and then i uh, pissed off jim Cornette or i worked jim Cornette. so yeah my my mentions were terrible this weekend with all the troll tweets i was getting off so yeah i completely missed that we'll do it i promise everybody we'll do the cody Rhodes roundtable with myself jensen joseph and sp3 i don't know when but probably in the, in the next couple of weeks I would and I'll, I'll add this um wander this world 97 uh, when we do the round table, tune into that. I'll give you some some stories. I, I know th- th- this high school rivalry you're talking about. Like, I know the exact bowling alley they're talking about. I know what schools they're talking about. I know what streets they're talking about. I know which I know the people and friends they're talking about. Like, I I can give you some insight to the, to the Xavier Woods Cody high school rivalry. I watched the two of them wrestle each other in high school, which is crazy. So. He, Cody always tells that story about like wrestling Woods, yeah, and everything. So. It was Woods' most. It was the biggest match he ever had. He he he, yeah. he wrestled up multiple weight classes specifically because he knew Dusty was going to be there because Dusty went to all Cody Cody's matches. And his whole thing was like, "I'm going to beat Cody," and then Dusty's going to have to be like, "Hey, this kid beat my kid," so like he's got to get to the WWE. <laughs> and uh, Cody won. But uh. Uh, I'm going to do do super chats. By the way, guys, you can leave super chats. You can leave humper chats. Do all that fun stuff. Uh, JJ says, hello, my favorite big star, king of the indies watcher. What a week. Many thanks for all the love for many thanks and love for all the coverage. Happy for you, Jensen. And Joe is back. He is. We're going to talk about uh, Sammy Joe here in a moment. Yeah. Uh, I do want to do my WWE spotlight. And it's Johnny Knoxville against <laughs> Sammy Zayn yeah. because this was my favorite match of WrestleMania. I'm not saying this was the best match of WrestleMania. I think Bianca and Becky was the best match of the weekend. I think Cody and Seth was better than this match. Favorite match, Knoxville and Sami Zayn. I laughed my ass off for this thing. When they the big hand came out and slapped Sami, WWE, WWE production typically sucks and they missed a lot of stuff. They held that shot perfectly to where I did not see that coming. When they came... Oh, I was dying laughing. I just watched Jackass Forever like the previous weekend as well. So I was in, and not only did we watch Jackass Forever, we went back and like watched Jackass 1. And then we watched bits and pieces from like Jackass 2 and 3. So I was in like full Jackass mode. And when this match came out, it was, it was, it was a Jackass match. And bless Sami Zayn for committing to all this stuff. I absolutely love this match. And there's dorks online old dorks, young dorks, just complete fucking dorks who thought this match was boring or maybe not boring, but stupid and silly. You know, yes, it was, it was stupid and silly and over the top, but it was hilarious. Are you one of the dorks who didn't enjoy this match, Jensen? No. So it was, it was so let me, first of all, I'll answer that question. No, I didn't. I, I thought it was kind of like what it needed to be. 
um it was like watching a real life looney tunes episode play out yeah. in front of you like just like wacky stunts and i swear to i called it i was watching with my my brother and our friend and i was like i guarantee we man's under the ring like hornswoggle i guarantee <laughs> it um and of course we got that um, yeah, Party Boy coming out and all that stuff. Oh, I pumped um, so big for Party Boy. McAfee's <laughs> commentary during this was so good, too. He's like, oh, we're about to see his ass cheese. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was that was funny. Um, but I'll say this, and this has nothing to do with wrestling, so I won't go long on it. But like I tried watching Jackass Forever the other day, and like I just couldn't get through it. I was like, this is too weird seeing these guys this old doing this to themselves. Fair. Like I, I could like it's like it's it's like become more sad than funny to me at this point. Especially and this sounds really bad, but like most of them are like sober now. So I'm like, this has gotta really be hurting. Like there's not even like an excuse that they used to have where like they're loaded on drugs and doing this crazy stuff. Like they're like sober old men that like are doing this. And then I saw That's them try to like great though, is they're like 50 <laughs> and they they're still like, ah, fuck it. Let's go out here and do all these dumb bits just to pop people and entertain everyone. Hey, there's and a the, market the, for it. There's a market for it. That's fine. The dumb you know dumb I mean? test where they're <laughs> taking it and it's hitting them in the dick when they get the answers wrong. The the one where they're trapped in the room and they think it's a snake in the room and everything. There were so many great Pogo sticked on his dick. Francis Ngannou oh, oh. was a I, I like that. I like that. Francis yeah. Ngannou, the cup test. I I thought Jackass Forever was hilarious. And I understand your point. They're old. It's like, oh man, this is just kind of sad. Look, man, if they're willing to do this dumb shit, bless them. Same as Sting. Sting wants to do jump off balconies and stuff. Bless them. It pops me. Don't compare Sting to this. Sting Johnny is a, a legend. Better worker than Sting, oh no, right? no, 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 no. Johnny no. Knoxville's I, a better worker than Sting. I could understand maybe um you might be able to throw in some names like that. How many maybe... wins does Sting got at WrestleMania, Steven Jensen? Oh, don't go there, Jeremy. Don't go. That was a travesty. And that's why I was worried about Cody, to be honest. That was the biggest reason I was worried about Cody. I was like, yeah, we all thought there was no way they were gonna do Sting like that. And they did. Um yeah, you're right though. Sting winless at WrestleMania should have been him and the Undertaker, even if he lost. If he was gonna lose, it should have been to the Undertaker. Like that the the triple H. Anyways, we're not gonna go down that rabbit hole. Um where we're comparing Sting to Johnny Knoxville. What show is this? What is this? It's our show. We can do whatever we want. <laughs> yeah. No one watches. We're just here to pop ourselves. That's, That's very true. Anyway. I mean, we just opened the show with a Stardust tribute. So I mean this on cartwheels yeah. and shit. Yeah, that was sick, dude. Like that was that was commitment to the show. I honestly wish I was able to do like you don't understand how like there's there's no space in the room I'm in and I have to go out into my other room or outside. I will get a cartwheel in my stardust. My neighbors will see me do it and it'll be pathetic. Who cares? So yeah. <laughs> Who cares? Just pop yourself. That's all that matters. That's true. That's true. Anyways, uh, anything else that you wanted to add about Johnny Knox? Yeah, it was great. It was the most entertaining match of the weekend, and you're a hater. I can tell I'm not a hater. you were trying to hate this match. You're Look, trying to hate this match, Steven Jensen. No, what I, what my reaction was more based off of you said like you you saved it though by saying this wasn't the best match, it was just your favorite match, and that's very, very um subjective, right? Like you can you can like whatever yeah. you like in wrestling, so that's totally fine. When I initially heard that, I was like, you're going to say this was better than Cody and, and Seth? And this no, was better it wasn't than Bianca. Like, and, and... Objectively, on the whole, yeah. this was not a better professional wrestling right. sure. match than Cody, Seth, and Bianca, and Becky. It was the most entertaining, and it was the best sports entertainment match as well. 
and it was 100% pure <laughs> sports entertainment. Yes. All right. Yes, that's fair. It was, it was, it was straight, straight up Looney Tunes. Like I said, it was like I'll rewatch this match a thousand times before I watch anything else on this show outside of uh, the Seth match and the Becky match. No, I mean he beat him with a giant mousetrap. I mean, yeah. it was just so it wacky. Fucked up. It fucked up too. And like he still <laughs> knew exactly. He's like, oh, that didn't work. Let me do this. Oh, that didn't work. Let me do this. This man has such a working knowledge of giant <laughs> mousetraps that he knew exactly what to do to save everything. And Knoxville's laugh. Come on, that thing's infectious. You can like hear it because of just how it was mic'd and everything, but you just see him like smiling and you know he's laughing. Like that laugh is just infectious. Infectious, absolutely infectious. The Wee Man body slam, yeah, which has been you know, compared to Hogan. The body, Wee Man's body slam that's been compared to Hogan. That sounds so it funny is. I'm sure you saw those oh pictures of like yeah. it was next to Hogan and Andre. People want to do the same thing with it. It was oh great. Oh, this match ruled. The fact that we got Pontius in there doing party boy bits and everything. Dark Shark was ringside. So good. Agreed, Robert. Old man Jensen needs to stop hating. Oh, man. You were the same age, man. 75-year-old Steven Jensen. Vince McMahon loved this shit. He yo, yo, get out of here. I Okay, you want to – old man Jensen. I'm the one who over the weekend was tweeting about how innovative the Invisible Man was in the clusterfuck. Invisible, okay? man. Invisible man was out there hitting moves I've never seen before. You're gonna you're gonna <laughs> talk about how I'm an old man. I'm not hip and I'm not with it. No, 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 no. There's a big difference between feeling bad and sad for somebody because they're old and they're still out there holding on to their glory days versus someone like me who appreciates innovation like the invisible man, like, like our proud leader, Sean Ross Sapp coming Sean out, Ross, coming yeah. out and he doing the clusterfuck. He was screwed by Denise and Hey, Denise, I, I love you as well. I was, I, I, I literally was, as Sean would say, I was cackling in my <laughs> apartment at like three in the morning watching that live. Oh my God. That was great. So no old man Jensen. No, <laughs> you can't call me old man Jensen when I'm also an advocate for the invisible man. Okay. Jensen's cutting a shoot promo on Robert for calling him old man Jensen. <laughs> <laughs> no, Robert, thanks for watching the show, man. I'm, I'm just, I'm just messing around. Uh, the, the conclusion is fuck Sean Ross Sapp, though. My mom thought I was going to get fired because I tweeted that. She's really? like, you tell boss to fuck off? It's like, yeah. It's like, you still have a job? Yeah. What, what, uh, I say it every week on the show. Who cares? He did cut a hell of a promo, though. He, cut a he hell really of a did. And he was grabbing the money out of the people's hands. <laughs> and the best was the one guy who we put the microphone up to. And he was like, I'm subscribed on Patreon. It's like, good. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's that rules. Oh, man. I can great. only hope that the next time that uh, he gets involved in something with GCW, I'm in the same town. Because I would, I, would, I would love to get involved with something like that. that you would should be, kick him in the dream. head, Jensen. You mm. should 100% just go in there and kick him in the head. Just shoot on him. Hit him with a me, shoot kick. Me and Sean Ross sat versus the American Males in GCW. Let's oh, go. fuck. When I heard the American Males theme, I was popping so hard. Yes. They were my favorite tag team growing up. I say, dude, I have both of their autographs on my wall. Um, nice. I am massive fan. And, uh, and me and Riggs actually do MMA predictions pretty often with each other, like nowadays. It's like the oh, weirdest God. small world thing ever. But, <laughs> But um, I actually tweeted today. I saw um, Bagwell and and Riggs talking about something, and I uh, I got in their mentions and was like, I was like, hey, 
we got to see the American males reunite in GCW. And Bagwell and Riggs both said they were down and they want to do it against Janela and a partner of his choosing. So I'm, I'm helping. I'm, I, and I tagged Lauderdale. I was like, Hey, let's, let's, you know, this let's do this. Yeah. This now I have nothing else from Sami Zayn and Johnny Knoxville other than it ruled and everyone should watch it. And if you hated this match, like Steven Jensen, you're a dork. All right. You're a dork who doesn't deserve to watch the sports entertainment spectacle of WrestleMania. All right. This match was old. Let's move on to, to AEW spotlights. Jensen, what's your AEW spotlight this week? My AEW spotlight this week is that bitch, Jade Cargill, who I am a big, big fan of and have been since day one of her showing up in AEW throughout all these people going on the internet and saying she's too green and she does she sounds bad on the microphone. I'm like, no, 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 this this is a star. They're making a star here. She is going to be a star. Just come along for the ride. We're about to watch AEW's developmental process in front of our eyes work faster and more effectively than NXT does for four, five, seven years for some of these people. Like, check this out. And I think she's killing it. I thought her promo last night was awesome. I think the baddie section is a great idea, especially if she's going to bring that city to city, which is what it looks like. She she tweets it out and she gets people to to post. And there was the dude, like kind of the the, the overweight dude, who I don't know if you did you see this. You know what I'm talking no. about? There was a guy on Twitter who was like tweeting to be in the. He wanted to be in the baddie section, and he's mm-hmm. he's you know I'm not trying to be a jerk, but he's a big dude, and and he was basically like kind of making fun of the whole thing it seemed like but at the same time like clearly is a jade fan and clearly is an AEW fan like he was just having a good time i think just kind of getting in getting in the thread of, of baddies i think he was the guy who during that segment the one dude who like got into the okay i saw that yeah he made it from twitter into that shot on on on, uh, on AEW. so i wish i had the guy's name off the top of my head someone in the chat probably knows it but but congratulations to that guy i thought that was awesome um but uh but yeah, that's the reason it was my spotlight it was mainly just, I think Jade's really coming into her own. Uh, she's got like the 30 and O coming up, right? The next one's 30 and O and yeah. they're making a big deal. I love the promo about Shafir and uh, she's like all these MMA losers coming into pro wrestling. Can't do it as good as we can. And I'm like, this is, and as an MMA fan, part of me is like, you shouldn't be saying stuff like that. Like MMA is, you know, I'm an MMA fan. Like I like seeing this crossover, but as a pro wrestling fan, I'm like, I love this because like, yeah, you're 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 kind of spitting facts to a degree. I mean, some people from MMA come over and they're great um, almost immediately. Some aren't. And Shafir's taken years to get to where she's at in pro wrestling, you know. And Jade is where she's at very very fast. And I, I think it's an interesting dynamic. And uh, and yeah, I just thought that the promo was really really well done. And I saw a lot of people on Twitter praising it too. Even people that kind of hate on Jade um, that I've noticed were like, "Damn, you know, Jade's really sounded." badass on the microphone and like the baddie section is a really good idea and stuff and i'm like yeah I, I think she's i think she's doing a damn good job coming into her own right now i the the ty conte feud did a lot for for jade or I, guess, I guess it was just a singles match where she's like don't try that karate shit with me <laughs> like that rolled um i think her promo skills i think they were always kind of there even that first promo um she did with cody, with cody. yeah yeah, yeah. Like, even that, that promo like, you can tell like there was like some nervous energy and stuff there but for being in that spot like coming in cold because like nobody knew who she was like coming in cold on that you can tell there was something there with her the wrestling has been hit and miss i, I don't think there's 
there's any other way to, to put it. Like some of the matches have not been for the high profile that she is in. Some of the matches uh, have not, have not been great, um, but she continues to improve. She hadn't wrestled that often. She really is developing in front of our eyes on live television. It's not an easy spot to be in. I don't envy her for being in this spot. I think AEW has in some aspects put her in a position to, to not fail, but they've just kind of thrown her out there into deep water and it's sink or swim. And sometimes she just hasn't always swam. She's just kind of treaded water on some stuff. Um, and then, but like her promo skills. And then last night, I thought the promo last night was great. And she has such a confidence about her. She's always had that confidence about her. And that just continues to grow every single week. I think Mark Sterling adds a good chunk to the to it as well because it's somebody she can play off of if she ever does maybe not get lost but if something like goes awry or whatever she could just play off of him and it's great and he he's great on his feet he's, he's a he's a professional out there uh and then the batty section i can see it like going two ways because twitter just wants to you know it's it's has to be one way or the other there's no middle ground uh, I can see where people are like, this is positive. She's uplifting women. She's uplifting, uh, you know, bad bitches with confidence and stuff. And then I can see other people who are being like, well, she's alienating everyone else. So knock it off, you dorks. Uh, she's a heel. Like she, she's going to have her people. She's going to have her section that cheers for her. She didn't care about these other people. She's a heel. Okay. Like, it's fine. If you actually know Jade Cargill and I don't, but if you actually like listen to her interviews and read her tweets and stuff, she likes everybody. She's great. Like she, she's for everybody. She just wants people to be confident and love themselves and stuff. And I do hope, like you, you mentioned the the one guy who like got on screen. I hope we see some of that. I don't need like it being like just confident model looking people every exactly. every single week. Like I hope we do see just different people of like this person is fucking confident in who they are, no matter what they look like, no matter what they're doing, they are confident. And so like that's what. But see, her saying like, do you know how hard it is to find like these people in Boston? Uh, I don't remember if that was her or if it was uh, Mark Sterling. Um, but regardless, like that, that is where I can see people being like, oh, well, they're alienating certain people. Like, but it get, it's a character, it's a wrestling character. All right. Uh, it is that it's just what happens. Um, but if you know her, or if you follow her and stuff, you realize she, she supports everybody. Um, but I love it. I, I think she's, she's grown so much. There's always been that star potential. Everybody who's seen it be like, oh yeah, she's a star. Um, and we're seeing it. We're seeing it every single week with her. I'm very curious to see what they do down the line when she loses uh, and then how they go after that. Because right now it's a winning streak. <coughs> winning streaks are, are very easy to, to just book because you just have them win a lot. It's what you do after these win streaks. It's like, all right, how do you make people care? We saw it with Goldberg after he lost. It's like, ah, we don't really care. We saw the Undertaker streak. He lost next mania. It's like, eh, don't really care. You got to figure out now what to do. Like once she loses, and that could be who knows when, but once she loses, that's when sort of real work with her will sort of begin. Yeah, that's true. And I'm just hoping that day doesn't come really anytime soon. I really like that. I like what they're doing with her. And it, it is, like you said, it's a very sink or swim situation. And even more so because it is AEW, because there is so much high level in-ring wrestling in that company that it, it, it gets magnified even more. And it puts her in even more difficult spot because you know she it's it's a real um double-edged sword or a kind of a seesaw where like it can go really 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 good for her or really bad for her and there's not going to be really an in-between i don't think like she's either going to be the massive star that they want her to be right off the bat pretty much or 
it's not going to work and she's not going to really have anywhere to go from there. But in like, but the, 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 the good thing about that obviously is her push happens like now, like we are in her, we are witnessing her push right now. And it's pretty much from the time she started in AEW to now, it's been all just a big push of building her. If she was elsewhere, like the WWE, for instance, she'd either not be on TV at all right now, or she'd be having matches with like Lash Legend on NXT level up and like nobody would care. And it would take potentially years and years and years before we ever had a chance. And then, and then to be honest, like her at this stage of her career, I don't know what it looks like her against like a Charlotte or a Becky or a Sasha or something like that. Like, I don't know, but I think the way that she's been using AEW has been done really, really smart. Not all of her matches have been great. I agree. But I think that that's on her and her opponent. But at the same time, it's been pretty proven that when she has a quality of like a really high quality opponent, the match seems to be more high quality. Like they're, they're able to like, it, like it, it's, it's a lot easier, I think for her to have like a really good match against like a uh, Ty Conti, for instance, versus like somebody who doesn't, who isn't quite as good as Ty Conti. I, I think in some aspects, but that, that Ruby Soho match was rough. I agree. And I agree. Yeah. Good Ruby call. Soho is great. And so I'm not saying that that's all on Jade. I'm not saying it's all on Ruby. But she's had some rough matches with people who probably she should have maybe had a little bit better matches with. But she's still, she's very new with this, all right? And she clearly has a commitment to it. And that's one of the things that matters a lot as well is like, okay, if if you're new to this, but you don't have the commitment and you're rough, that's one thing. She clearly has a commitment to it. She's only going to get better. We've seen the improvements. And she's allowed a bad match, all right? It's not the end of the world if she has a bad match. It's really, it's really, really not. Cause we've seen the improvement over, over the years. Now, if she's having bad matches and they're what, even if there is commitment, but her matches are still bad and uh, they keep pushing her and keep putting her in high profile spots. There's people like that, that, that WWE does. All right. They've been around for years. Their matches aren't very good. And for some reason they're still getting like halfway decent matches or at least some high profile stuff for, I don't know why that'd be one thing. But she's getting better. She's allowed to have a rough match, especially, especially, um, you know, as young as she is. And I kind of agree with you, Paul Driver. Like, Ruby maybe yeah. hasn't lit the world on fire like I was kind of hoping she was when she came in. I don't think she's been bad. I think, uh, you know, after her WWE run, I, maybe I had expectations that are a little bit too high. Um, and that just <clears throat> is what it is. It, I think that's it, fair, by the way, because I feel the same way. So. Yeah, and that's why I said I don't want to blame Jade fully for that match. I don't want to blame Ruby for that match. It, but that was a high-profile match where Ruby is, on the whole, a good worker, and it was a rough match. Yeah, I think that's I think that's very fair. Um, you know, but I do think that, you know, years from now, you know, maybe three, four years or whatever from now, like, I think that Jade, if she just continues this progression, if she can even be, like, just a little bit above average in the ring. That's all she's going to need to be like a big star. As long you know, she doesn't have to be like a, uh, like a Serena Deeb in the ring, like because her presence and just everything about her and her look and just how I just, she just really comes off like a star. She really does. And like some, like her and Charlotte would be like massive money if, if she continues to, to, I mean, cause she's, she's tailor-made for the WWE. Like, I think that she's going to do great things in AEW and I hope she stays in AEW cause I'm a fan of AEW. But, I mean, if you were to ask me who on the current AEW roster do I think would be the most successful in WWE, I'd say her and MJF are, like, the two people I'd point at right now for sure. So, like, um, 
So, I mean, the future is super bright. And, and I also totally, I love what you said about the whole baddie section too, about, and that's what I was getting at talking about that guy is I love the idea of like baddies could be anyone of like all shapes, sizes, backgrounds. Like it's just, it's not about a specific type of person. It's just about like the confidence in yourself. And I think it'd be awesome. Like, it's a great idea to have, because that's the one thing about MJF that I kind of wish he would potentially change about his gimmick is I love that he just hates everybody. Like, I love that he's mean to everybody. I think it's great for his heel character, but occasionally it's, it'd be nice to see him like, like these people who are cheering for him, him be like, yeah, you know what? You're right. You're right. Like, I am the man. Like, thank you. Like, you get it. Like, all these other people don't get it, but you get it. You know what I mean? Like single some people out that like are supporting you. Um, And I think that's kind of what Jade's going for is like, she might talk trash to every person in that arena, except for the five people she brought to the show, her baddies that that's only five people she cares about pleasing. And that's kind of what you were getting at. And I think that that's, I think that's a really cool concept. It's a a unique idea that I think could work. Uh, I'm interested to see where they go with that. I'm assuming she's beating Marina Shafir. I don't think Marina has much of a shot of, of beating Jade. But um, the baddie section, how they book this, the eventual loss, where they go with Jade. Because she she is money. She absolutely 100% is money. And uh, they know what they have. Tony Khan's know, known what he's had since he put her out there with Cody Rhodes and then had her team with Shaq. Like, he he knows what he has in Jade Cargo. Uh, my AEW spotlight, Steven Jensen, is Cody Rhodes leaving AEW. I don't feel like we've discussed Cody Rhodes enough. <laughs> And the impact that is felt. Cody Rhodes left. And so now they got to bring in more WWE guys. Here comes Samoa Joe. Here comes Sammy Joe coming in. Uh, more WWE guys to replace Cody. Cody's Cody's left a giant hole in the company, man. I, I don't think it's been discussed enough. Yeah, I was supposed to bring that up. I completely forgot my own bit going into the, these topics. Um, but uh, I got too hung up on the Stardust stuff earlier. Um <laughs> But no, you're right. Cody leaving AEW, big spotlight, big spotlight. And in all seriousness, the crazy thing is AEW is arguably a better company overall without him on the show, which like I don't agree with personally because I loved him as a part of AEW getting the mixed reaction. But like anyone who watched Dynamite on Wednesday would all agree that show ruled. Like, Like losing Cody doesn't hurt AEW at all. So like everybody won here. And now we have guys like Samoa Joe showing up, which is like legitimate dream scenarios for longtime wrestling fans. Joe uh, came out at ROH Supercard of Honor because Tony Khan owns both promotion. He's just like, it's going to be an ROH, team in AEW, whatever. We're just going to use Samoa Joe. I will say I love, I love Samoa Joe. Uh, his TNA run is, I mean, when the X Division stuff, not when he had the face paint, machete, all that nonsense. Uh, but his like his initial TNA run, some of the best stuff I've ever seen. His ROH run is on classic, classic shit. Um, it was good to see Samoa Joe just back in the ring on, on Wednesday on Dynamite Wrestling, Max Caster. Because when he came back at, at Supercard, like it was cool. I, I popped for it, and but I was interested to see like, all right, how like how good is he going to be in ring wise? Like, is he going to be good to go? That cross match, I ain't blaming all this on Joe because. Uh, who was in there with, but like that match was a little rough and it'd been a while for Joe. And I mean, it's still been a while from the cross match to this match. So 
I was a little worried about like how he was going to be able to go, how often, how frequently he's going to be able to go. And I don't know like what his schedule is going to be moving forward. I imagine it'll be CM Punk ish of where maybe like every other dynamite and, and maybe uh, two matches a month type thing. I think Joe could easily, easily do that kind of schedule. And that's what I imagine we'll see with him moving forward. But it was great to see see him back in the ring, just healthy. I hope it continues that way. One of my favorite guys to watch has given me a lot of classic matches that have a lot of replay value as well. Um, and I'm going to say this. I love Max Caster. Yes. All right? I love Max yes. Caster. Yeah, scissor. Scissor me, Jensen. He's great. When that theme, when that theme hits and he's about to ref, Yo. he can't stand him. <laughs> if he can't stand him, I'm like, turn, turn that shit off. All right? Turn it off. Yo, listen. <laughs> oh, man. He's fantastic. He's absolutely fantastic. And Bowens is great with his facials and everything. And the, the scissoring. Uh, what an act. What an act those guys are. Um, but it was great to see Samoa Joe back in the ring, though. And now he's in he's in AEW full-time, and we'll see how he's mo- uh, you know, used moving forward. He's in the Owen. He's, he's qualified for the Owen. I imagine he's going to be the favorite to – at least get to the finals in that thing. So we'll see how they utilize it moving forward. Yeah, I agree with everything you said. I'm a big Max Caster fan. Um, I like Bones a lot as well, too. It's just Caster just really stands out because of like his rapping and stuff. And, you know, and that I thought it was hilarious him talking about like Joe being injury prone and being the NXT champion when, when AEW beat them in the ratings and and all that stuff. Like that was, that was good stuff. And Joe's reactions were like, seems pretty genuine. Like he knew he was going to get roasted by the guy, but like his reactions seemed pretty, yeah, seemed pretty legit. Cause he was just like, all right, like you're like everything you're saying is true. Like, I'm when you get the ring, I'm gonna Ani- beat the hell out of you. <laughs> so. Aniga does point out that Joe wasn't the champ. Yeah, they'd already moved off of uh Wednesdays when Joe got the title, and Joe was on there for like two weeks when he true. asked the champion, and then he was like off television. So it didn't like actually stick, but whatever. Let's not let facts get in the way of uh of a good of a good disline, all right? Well, and, and the, the reason it really burns is because he got fired from that company twice within a year. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I mean, so any mention of him being a part of NXT at all is gonna, it's gonna hit for somebody to be roasting him like that. And uh, yeah, and Joe being back, like great, great to see Samoa Joe. I marked out big time when he popped up at Ring of Honor. If you want to hear the uh, the review of that show, by the way, myself and Joel Pearl right here, youtube.com slash Fightful. We got a full review you can listen to after the spotlight. But um, what do you think about... Like, okay, first I'll say, I do think he, he'll probably win the whole Owen tournament. If not, it'll be the finals. I, I agree with you there. Um, but, okay, inevitably, we're going to get Joe versus Punk 4. Do, I would think so. Do you do that in AEW or Ring of Honor? Because I think AEW is so stacked that, like, AEW pay-per-views sell themselves at this point. Like just, you know, a pay-per-view is coming up four times a year. If you're a wrestling fan, you order it. And like, it's going to be a massively stacked card with all the talent that they have anyways. I feel like if you put Joe and, uh, in punk four on ring of honor as the main event of a big pay-per-view for them, like maybe the night before an AEW pay-per-view or something like that that spikes the the interest and the buy rates through the roof. I mean, like the twenty thousand that they're really happy about right now. I think like 
triples at least were for having Joe and Punk on there. So like, do you think they should do it in the Ring of Honor? Or do you think it's like such a huge match that they should do it on AEW? I think you have to do it on AEW. I think a big part will be like, what is Ring of Honor distribution moving forward? Because regardless, you're building this thing on AEW television. You're not, if Ring of Honor is on just some streaming service, Honor Club, whatever it might be, I don't think you're building this thing on that. These are national television stars, Samoa Joe and CM Punk. Like you're not going to just regulate them. No offense to Ring of Honor, but like you're not just going to regulate them down to Ring of Honor on whatever network or, or platform they're on to build that pay-per-view. I, I don't think I don't think you can do that. I think you have to at least build it on AEW. And I think you got to do it on AEW pay-per-view if you're going to build it on AEW television as well. I would be very weary of using so many like established AEW TV guys on ROH television. If you want to send them down there for a shot, if you do want to do like some dream match pay-per-view kind of stuff that maybe, Hey, we can maybe do this on AEW TV or we did it on AEW TV, but they only had like eight to nine minutes. Now they can have 15 minutes type of thing. I can see that. I would not like cross promote to I I'd cross promote. I would not send, but so many guys over to ROH television and have them do stuff there. And I mean, they're already doing it. We're going to talk about Wheel of Yuta here, here in a second. Like they're already doing, but I think Yuta is a good example of a guy it works for. I would be worried about doing this with like Joe Punk, Danielson, like your top, top guy, Omega, the Bucks. Like even though these guys are, are not so, not so much Omega, but everybody else, like they, they made their name like in ROH and everything. I would be worried about just like constantly putting them on whatever ROH, whatever ROH is going to be. I would use that program. There's enough talent, right? Like their roster is completely stacked right now. And you got to cycle guys in and out of this roster. I really got like Tony Nese who could barely be on television at this point. Jay Lethal, who I don't really think has a great spot on AEW television, but makes sense on ROH television. Uh, Moriarty is another guy. I think he does have a spot on AEW TV at some point, but there's just so much talent on AEW that he doesn't have a spot right now. Those are the guys you got to use on ROH and keep your national TV stars on national TV. Yeah, no, I, I agree with all of that. I I was thinking more along the lines of what you said about like the big match, like like a big dream match type stuff. Because like the thing with Joe and Punk that makes it unique is their first three matches were all in Ring of Honor. So like to have the fourth one in Ring of Honor also just like makes a lot of sense. And it would boost like the brand itself. But I'm also, I mean, I'm, I'm obviously all for them doing on an AEW as well. I just want to see the match. But I, I agree. I totally agree that like, I think Ring of Honor should really like really establish more people as being ring of honor wrestlers and then AEW kind of having their AEW wrestlers. And there's going to be some crossover, of course, like FTR being the ring of honor tag champions. Like they're not going to just stop showing up in AEW. I'm sure. Like, I, I, yeah. I don't know why they, why they would. Um, but no, I'm, I'm with you. They, they got to figure the right way of balancing this, this whole thing with, with both companies. But, um, but yeah, I just thought it was an interesting thing to think about like Joe and punk happening, because I, I think it'll for sure happen. It's just like they have two options now that both make sense. So I'm very curious to see what they do with Samoa Joe as far as whatever story they're going to tell with him. Because they 
here comes another guy like Danielson, like Punk, to where he's he's a ready-made guy who their audience loves, who could walk into the title picture, but I don't foresee him just like completely walking into the. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap, play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. A lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. But the question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp.com slash Fightful. Title pick, because I don't think Danielson was meant to get the title matches when he was. I think Moxley uh, going into rehab kind of changed course for them on that. Uh, and obviously Punk, he stayed away until the title from the title picture until it seems like upcoming. Uh, I I wonder where Joe, like how they're going to book him. It seems like he's going to, yeah, I think he's going to the finals at the very least of the Owen. I don't know if you earn a title shot off of that. I know you like you win the tournament, you get a cup and everything, uh, get a trophy. I don't know if like you earn a title shot off of that. I'm interested in the stories they actually tell with Joe because it took them a while to start telling stories with Punk. It was just happy-go-lucky Punk. He's back. Let me wrestle a bunch of matches. And now, like, what kind of story are they going to actually tell with Samoa Joe? Because there's a lot there. There's the Danielson stuff. There's the stuff with – I mean, there is the Danielson stuff. And to, to that point, Blackpool Combat Club, easy tie-in with Danielson, Regal, and Moxley. There's obviously the, the Punk stuff there as well. There could just be – Joe said it at the press conference. Like, I'm here to smash dudes. I'm here to win titles. That could be the story as well. As he just wants to go right after the title type of thing. That's similar to what Danielson said. Uh, when he signed with the company, he's like, punk can be their friends. I'm here to kick heads in and go after titles and stuff. Yeah. I, I was going to say that as well about the Blackpool combat club. I think that Joe would fit in great with that. And I also, I wish I remember who I saw said it and I don't want to miss, I don't want to give a uh, miscredit whoever I saw us put this up on Twitter, but um, they had put up a, uh, a, an interesting idea about, eventually like the blackpool combat club splitting and like mox leading a team of like czw alum versus danielson's roh alum like that would be like a really interesting like war between like the 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 old school like deathmatch wrestlers versus the old school pure wrestlers which we kind of got the czw versus ring of honor feud you know 20 years ago um but i think like initially 
that is what I would do. I would have him aligned with Regal, Danielson, and Moxley because it, it makes all the sense in the world. Like he has the history with those guys. He has a really close friendship with William Regal from all their time in NXT together and stuff. And like, it just, I just think that makes all the sense in the world. And that also keeps him from having to be like immediately in the title mix. And you can just have him going out there and squashing people like how Danielson does when he's wrestling most people he wrestles where he's just kind of playing with his food throughout the match. He can end it at any time he wants his multiple submissions, kicks people's heads in same with, with Moxley going out there and yeah, he could end the match, but he wants to snap your limbs before he does it just because it's fun to him. You know, like, I mean, like, I think Joe just fits in perfect with those guys. I don't, I, I mean, I agree that he fits in perfect with them. I don't know if they're going to go to that immediately is the only thing. Cause I think they're telling a little bit of a different story with that. And, you know, bringing in sort of like young guys is it looks like Yuta is about to join at some point. He wants to, they sort of initiated with the slap and everything. Um, so I don't, I don't know if they're going to go to just bringing in Joe into that, even though he does fit, it could be a thing where like he opposes them. Cause I think they're technically kind of sort of heels. Danielson still comes out of the heel tunnel. If that's a thing, like if people are paying attention to that, he still comes out of the heel tunnel, even though they're always cheer. Um, so it could be like he opposes them type of thing. And he's like, you guys do your little club. I'm going to kick your ass on my own type of thing. I think you could tell that story. And maybe he aligns with Punk. And then maybe they all come together and they all just kick the shit out of everybody. I'm all for that too. Yeah, me too. There's a lot of great scenarios. And the other thing that we need to definitely point out is Joe looked great in the ring, the little yes. bit that he had to do against Caster last night. Like he looks healthy, looks good to go. He's doing all the stuff you'd expect to see him do as Samoa Joe. Like very good sign for Samoa Joe, I think, going forward. I like when he was dancing and like just <laughs> mocking Caster and everything. I was like, oh man, this dude. I've missed this dude. Bless Samoa Joe. Uh I love me some Sova says Joe shoving MJF is now canon. Oh yeah, dude. They gotta uh, I don't know if they can show any kind of picture or anything even of that. Like they definitely can't run the footage of it, but yeah, that would be they they can definitely reference it. Like I think I think that they will too. Like if if Joe and MJF go into a feud, Joe will bring it up. I don't even think like you gotta like reference it. Just like just do like a back like as far as like you know, hey, remember when I shoved you type thing. Just do like a wink and a nod thing of they're backstage. MJF's like, Samoa Joe, glad you're here. Glad to meet you. Something like that. But being, you know, a dickish MJF and Joe just like shoves him out of the way type of thing. Just, yeah. just do that. Like, that's all you got to do. Yes. Good stuff. Very uh, happy for Samoa Joe. Yes. Yes. My other spotlight this week, we'll, we'll kind of keep talking about Ring of Honor here. FTR against the Briscoes. Jensen, it finally happened. We talk, we we've kind of been talking about it since we, we since we started this show of like hey when is this going to happen and then it got announced we were both excited for it. I don't know about you, I thought it lived up to the hype, and the not the sad thing but like then FTR goes out last night against the Young Bucks and has just as good if not better match than the Briscoes match. But fuck man, the Briscoes match was so good and everything that I wanted from these two after they'd been teasing this thing since December and after, I mean, for, for people who like tag team wrestling, for people who understand the Briscoes and know that this team has been like the tip top team outside of WWE for, for two decades now. And even like the tip top team just in all of wrestling for two decades now to finally see this match 
it was great. It, it was everything I'd hoped it to be. And it was just great tag team wrestling, man. And I was glad it finally happened. I was not too stunned that FTR won since Tony owns the company and everything. And I don't know what the Briscoe's future is. It looks like it might be impact. Unfortunately. Um, I forgot we're an impact podcast now. Sorry, JJ. Uh, but I, FTR winning. I understand where it was coming from. And, and I love the fa- I loved everything about this match, man. Just great professional wrestling. Yeah. Um, I think it was, I think FTR versus the Briscoes was the best wrestling match of the last week, like throughout the, collective weekend and everything um now i had major personal attachment of course to cody versus seth i think that was the best match on wrestlemania and it was in my top three for the entire week i I do have a top three it was ftr and briscoe's um cody and seth and someone we're actually talking about a little bit later um speedball mike bailey versus cole radrick that was my favorite match of the collective so um so yeah, I thought the Briscoe. I, honestly, that was one of the best tag team matches I've like ever seen. Like at least I know there's some recency bias, of course, because it just happened. But like that was a damn near perfect match. I mean, that was incredible stuff. Um, and the Briscoes, uh, you know, they lose, but you know, it's really no big deal because they just go right over to GCW and they're the, the <laughs> tag champs over there. You know what I mean? Like it's they're. Yeah, I mean, everybody kind of won in this scenario. The fans definitely won because we got the dream match and it totally it totally lived up to the hype. Um, where, did you have another match in mind? Because um, Oh, for Best like of you, the Weekend? Yeah. Oh, man. See, I, I really like Bianca and Becky. Like, for me, that sure. was, like, my favorite match, at least of WrestleMania. Of the two that was my second favorite. That was my second favorite WrestleMania match for what it's worth. Like, that was right underneath Cody and Seth for me. I shouldn't say favorite since I did name Knoxville and say favorite, <laughs> but but best. Uh, I like Bianca Becky best of the WrestleMania matches. I I don't know if I have one that was better than FTR Briscoe's. Honestly, I was just like trying to, in my own head, think of like, was there one? And the fact that I couldn't immediately come up with one, kind of tells me that there probably wasn't one. Yeah, like Bandito and Gresham, I thought was really good too. It just had the lame Chavo stuff yeah involved in it and like i it that helped protect bandito a little bit because you can run a rematch and be like chavo kind of screwed me the last time um and I, like i said i thought it was a really really good match but it would have been even better i think if chavo wasn't involved and there was just a straight up just winner in that one um that was another thing about ftr and the briscoes like there's no controversy like it was just a straight up pro wrestling match it was incredible a team won a team lost they both embraced afterwards and then it led to the hardy or the hardies the, the new hardies the young bucks uh coming out and uh you know getting involved on ROH tv setting up the match that we saw last night that was also you know i i think ftr and the briscoes was a little bit better personally but i'm never gonna be against watching ftr and the young bucks like they could wrestle each other all the time and i'd be happy with it so yeah great week for that great week for ftr I'd probably have to uh I'd probably have to watch these two matches back to back since I had just seen Young Bucks and FTR and it, it's been it feels like it's been about two months since I've seen FTR and Briscoe's because of all the wrestling <laughs> yeah. that has taken place between all that. Like I'm leaning towards Young Bucks in, in FTR, but I'm sure if I just watched FTR and Briscoe's I'd be like, oh yeah, FTR Briscoe's by far i did like during the fdr briscoe's match i was worried about like the the when they were down on the outside and like there was that delay of everything they did this with uh hangman and danielson as well where it's like they kind of like they stopped the count and instead of like any type of count out type of things they're just like down and it's like 
oh man, like it kind of halts things a little bit, but then they pick it right back up and it plays into the match so well. Of like, oh man, these men are just like going out there, busting their ass, doing everything they can. And like they're exhausted and they're down, but like they're just going to keep fighting. Uh, but sometimes that stuff will annoy me. In, in this case, it, it didn't, just like it didn't with like da- uh, Danielson and Hangman earlier this year. So I thought. I thought FTR Briscoes was was damn near perfect. I'm bad with star ratings. I'm I'm a thumbs up, thumbs Same. down type yeah. of person. Very easy thumbs up for this match. I'm glad we got it. I'm glad it lived up to the hype. I don't know if we're gonna get it again with uh, where the Briscoes, you know, where where they're going and how Warner Media uh, reportedly feels about them and everything. But yeah, I'm 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 super happy we got it and that it was the match that we all hoped it would be. Yeah, well, and on top of that, babyface FTR is like ultra over oh, right now. Man. Like this is yeah. working out great, and I'm I'm hoping they do something where like obviously you we'd expect Bret Hart to show up for the Owen, like to like at least present the Owen Trophy and stuff when it happens. I think it'd be cool as hell if he like presents the trophy to the winners, like, the men's tournament, the women's tournament, like however they wind up doing. You know, the presentation. See, I think Martha is doing that. Well, I think and she'll be there too. I think they'll. Probably, yeah, I don't know if know. they're on great terms. That's oh, that's a that's a. Uh, I always yeah. forget that that she kind of <laughs> fell out with the whole family and with the WWE. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Now that said, I, the where I was kind of going with this was, I think in Owen tournament aside, I think that the FTR is working great as big time baby faces right now, and it's going to get even bigger if Bret Hart becomes their manager. Cause I really feel like the seeds have been planted for that. And like, if he comes back as like their full-time manager, I think that that just puts this whole thing even more over the top. And like FGR has an opportunity to be something. I mean, they're already a very, very special team. Um, one of the best tag teams in the last decade, but this puts them in a new territory. If like they're, they're on the role that they're on and they continue this momentum. And also they have Bret Hart by their side. Like that would be massive. I think people forgot how good, not, you know, not people who pay attention, but if you're just kind of watching WWE stuff and you just watch their W, like what they were doing WWE with like the comedy nonsense and the fact that they just weren't allowed to wrestle, like sort of tag team wrestling, uh, how they uh, portray it and how it honestly kind of should be portrayed and everything uh you forget just how good these guys are and i think this is this is what happens a lot with new day and usos because i think both of these teams are fantastic and they're often left off of if you're not a just like a full-on WWE fan i think you leave off like the usos and new day of a lot of this tag team stuff because you're just like oh yeah bucks ftr briscoes uh lucha brothers teams like that it's like new day and usos are really fucking good they're good in a system that handcuffs them and if you put them outside of that system they'd be even better and i think that's what happened to ftr is like nxt they were having great matches with uh diy and american alpha they go up to to the main roster like they have good they do good stuff with new day and usos it probably could have been better but now they're back and wrestling the young bucks and all the great tag teams in AEW. And it's like oh yeah this team's really good and it's baby faces it's baby faces like they're they're great because Somebody in the chat mentioned, like, I didn't expect them to be this great as baby faces. What works for them is that it's just they're passionate is why they're baby faces, right? Like, Authentic. they they really don't do anything. They're, they're sort of, like, disaligned with MJF, but, like, they're saying all the same stuff 
that they kind of were his heels of like, we love tag team wrestling. Like we, we were built for this. Like th- this is our, our passion. Like this is what bonded us together. They're saying the same stuff. It's just kind of who they're aligned with now, which is not Tully, which is kind of getting away from MJF and just who they're feuding with, which is now the Bucks were heels and the Billy Gunn and everything. But Dax was just wrestling CM Punk, who's a baby face just a couple of weeks ago. And so you would think of that match, Dax is the heel. It, it's the same FTR. They do wrestle it a little bit different because you wrestle uh, as a babyface tag team different than a heel tag team. But like they haven't switched up that much. And it does not shock me at all that as a team, they're great babyfaces because they study so much tag team wrestling and love tag team wrestling. Like, I mean, they love Rock and Roll Express. That's the ultimate babyface tag team, right? Like they... They watch plenty of Rock and Roll Express matches to know, like, okay, here's how you do tag team wrestling as a babyface team. So it doesn't shock me at all that they are a great babyface tag team. Yeah, get that hot tag to Ricky Morton and go from <laughs> there. Um, yeah, on you you mentioned uh, one of my favorite tag team matches ever just then, too. Like, if y'all haven't seen it, watch FTR versus American Alpha from NXT. Like, that was an incredible tag team match. I wish American Alpha was still a team. I I I'm terrible about Jason Jordan with his injuries and stuff, but like him and Gable were such a good tag team. Um, and someone said, uh, where was it? Yeah. JJ mentioned beer money. I, man, I, I say it every time I see Robert Root on a WWE TV. Why can't beer money just reunite? <laughs> um, bring that, bring in James storm. I know he had that, that quick chance in NXT and I know he's supposed to come back pre pandemic, but like, come on, dude. I mean, he's so lost in the mix. Like he's just kind of cheerleading for Dolph Ziggler being the NXT champion right now. Like give him something better to do. I was always a Robert Roode fan. He took him forever to get to the company. Um, anyways, FTR killing it. Absolutely killing it. Um, can't wait to see what they do next. They are can't miss wrestling right now. In my opinion, like if you consider yourself a fan of professional wrestling, you seek out FTR matches. And on top of that, they're, you know, taking indie bookings now, which is very exciting. Because there are two teams that really stand out to me. One being the War Horsemen, Anthony Henry and J.D. Drake. I think they would have an incredible match with them on the Indies. And I also want to see them against Balances Forever, Kevin Koo and Dominic Greeny. I think that uh, those 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 are two dream matches for me um, on the Indies right now. And I can only imagine how sick it would be to see FTR doing stuff on like GCW or doing stuff on IWTV. I mean, like there there's a lot of really cool matches they can have outside of AEW right now too. So like... I, I think we're in for some really special stuff from FTR and we're already getting a lot of really special stuff. You know, it's been, it's been awesome. I, I completely agree. And they're great, man. They're absolutely great. That's, that's all I can say about it. They're fucking really fucking good. All right. Yes. Go watch FTR Briscoes. Go watch FTR Young Bucks. Appreciate these guys while, while they're here and they're doing this shit. Jensen, what's yes. your other spotlight? this week my other spotlight this week is cody rhodes is not gonna be booking ring of honor it turns out oh how disappointed were you when uh you know tony khan's hyping up this big announcement for for ring of honor and like you want to stay until the end and it was just samoa joe and not cody rhodes coming out to announce that he is actually the one running ring of honor i know it was it was only the best rh champion of all time samoa joe coming back to the company instead of cody um i thought you were gonna say it was was the the, only the best rh champion of all time cody Rhodes not coming back yeah that's that's true too man i'm still salty that dalton castle beat him for that title cody i'm still not over it um that said um i i think that uh 
like obviously I was very pumped for Samoa Joe showing up to Ring of Honor. Um, I had some friends, as I'm sure we all did, that were there at Supercard of Honor um, live in Dallas. And yeah, apparently Tony was saying this stuff also on the microphone, like before the show started. He was like, I know there's a lot going on this weekend. There's a lot of other shows. You're trying to get from one place to another, blah, blah, blah. You need to stay till the end. I promise you, if you do not stay till the end of the show, you will be super disappointed that you weren't here at the end of the show. Like, make sure you stay. Um, and I think they totally delivered on that. Um, as far as my actual spotlight for uh, for this week, for the other category, I'm also going Ring of Honor. It kind of ties in with AEW as well. But Wheeler Utah winning the ROH Pure Championship. Um, I like this move for a variety of reasons. I'm very excited for Yuta's match against John Moxley on Rampage. Um, from what I'm hearing, it was fantastic. Um, yeah. Wheeler Yuta is a guy that, you know, I've been rallying behind for a long time. Uh, he was a former, he was actually before it was even the IWTV championship. Well, no, no, no. He had the IWTV championship after it was the Powerbomb. I saw him challenge for the Powerbomb.tv title, I believe. Um, but he might have, he might have been the champion when they switched the, no, I think Tracy Williams was the champion when they switched it. Either way, the point is, former IWTV champion, um, a guy who like has really scratched and clawed over the years and is just, I love that he is the pure champion because he represents that style of wrestling so well. And I love that it ties into the Blackpool Combat Club story on AEW. And, and it also ties into the best friend story of like Trent not trusting him and these guys, you know, Chuck and OC trained him. And, and I, I just think, Yuta went from like a guy who was kind of lost in the mix on AEW, just kind of as like almost like an odd member of the best friends to now being like almost like a sought out prospect from like, you know, because I do think he's going to join the Blackpool Combat Club. And I do think he's going to go on a really nice run with the RH Pure Championship. So this is just an example of how certain title belts can help kind of automatically put credibility on people. Not that, he, not, not that he was uncredible before, but this just adds to it. And now that adds to the credibility from the perspective of the combat club and best friends and stuff, because now the combat club's looking at him going, <clears throat> you know, we, we passed on him before we've we got our eyes on him, but like, he just won the ROH pure championship. Like this is, this guy might, we, he might be in. And now it's like, you just got to go out there against Mox and see what you can do. And I don't know what happens in that match against Moxley, but I wouldn't be surprised if he got the invitation on Rampage to join the group, or if that's coming like maybe next week on Dynamite and like the fallout of all this. But I, yeah, big, just huge shout out to Wheeler Yuta, a guy that I've, I've watched for years. And I think the first time I saw him wrestle was at a company called Dojo Pro, which had like literally 10 fans there. I mean, there was nobody there and I was one of them. And I was like, this guy's really good. And then just from there, you know, to, to see where he is now is just very, very rewarding as a fan. And uh, yeah, huge, huge win for Yuta beating Josh Woods for that championship. And looks like he's going to be a part of the combat club, but at least I, I'm assuming pretty soon. ROH said they were going to, you know, reimagine the product when it went away after final battle. And then of course, Tony Khan bought the company and whatever reimagining plans they had were kind of scrapped. Tony Khan just decided I'm going to reimagine everything you did at final battle the briscoes won the titles we're gonna put the titles on ftr Rhett titus television shape here's minoru suzuki winning this title josh woods well i think they like josh woods he'd re he's wrestled on dark but it's like nope we're gonna put it on wheel or huda 
now John and the Gresham, they clearly do like, like they, it seems like he's got plans for, for Gresham to like still carry the ROH uh, banner. And that seems like that's what Gresham wants to do. So we're just going to do every, whatever happened in final battle. We're, we're going to do our own thing now. And Yuta, I think is a great example of a guy who can do AEW, who can do ROH stuff. Cause I don't know where he fits in AEW as far as like wrestling every single week. It does seem like he's going Blackpool combat club. Are they going to want to have these Wheeler Yuta TV matches where he shouldn't be like losing to to a lot of guys? But there's only so many guys I think they like want Yuta to like beat. So he's a guy that can like go out there and lose to Danielson and Moxley, no problem. Do you want him going out there and like beating? I know Tony's a big fan of like Trent. Do you want him like actually like beating Trent or Orange Cassidy or anything like that? Uh, these, they clearly have their hierarchy and they should. I think that's how good wrestling companies work. Instead of 50, 50 and guys, you just hierarchy guys. So you can have him be on AEW television aligned with them, but then you can have him go to ROH and you just have a beat guys in ROH. You can have him be one of your main guys in ROH. I think that's a great use of Yuta and the peer title that comes into play when it comes to Danielson. We know Danielson has history with the peer title. And maybe this is a way to get Danielson to do a match or two at ROH without having him to do like a progressive long-term storyline in that company, unless he wants to do that with, with uh, um, Jonathan Gresham. I think at some point we got to have that match. We got to have that. We got to have Gresham and Joe. We got to have Gresham and Punk as well. Uh, but I, I love the decision to put the belts on Yuta. And he's a guy that didn't make a whole lot of sense in Best Friends for me. I, I get it with the, the training and everything, but when you just look at like the the aesthetic and the dynamic between all of them, it never really like worked. It, it just never worked for me. He's he felt much different than than them as far as like their presentation. He feels much more in line with uh, Blackpool Combat Club. Yes, and uh, Scott, you know this. The, I, I can't remember how much of this has played out on AEW TV versus on Being the Elite, but they definitely have been telling the story for a while that Trent, like when Trent was injured, like he never signed off on Yuta joining the group. Like he's never liked the fact that Yuta came in to essentially replace him while he was injured. And Yuta has been like, you know, just kind of like taking it up to this point because he wanted, you know, to stay friends with the best friends and stuff. But now he's shown like, I want to join the Blackpool Combat Club. And now it's causing even more problems with the best friends and him and stuff. So it, it, that that has been a big part of it is like Trent rejecting him and not wanting him to be a part of the group to begin with. Um, it will be interesting when they start wrestling each other though, because like I think Trent, if he can stay, if he can avoid injuries, which unfortunately he's had some really bad injuries, you know, throughout his career, especially recently, like like that took him off TV for a long chunks of time. But I think Trent could be a big time heel as a singles guy for AEW. Um, he's really, really good in the ring and he looks like a athlete. I mean, that guy is really put together. And I think that he's almost being underutilized in the best friends. Now that said, I'm a big Chuck Taylor fan. Even once again, people call me old man Jensen in the chat. I'm over here. I know how many times I've seen matches where Chuck Taylor has thrown invisible grenades at people and stuck his thumb in people's butts in slow motion. Okay, like I, I like how I like how you were defending this old man. One person called you this, by the yeah. way, and I don't know this if he was ribbing you on it's it. The thing and now. then I just went with it because it pops me. 
So that's it. Well, he said it multiple times since then. But but yes. Well, now so. now it's pissed him off. So now he's just gonna keep going after. It, well, that, it hasn't really, it hasn't really pissed me off. But I but I I think it's uh um I I'm just trying to be funny to be honest. Oh, I'm I'm proving I'm proving my not oldness by talking about like the most ridiculous things in wrestling. Um, but uh. But I, I I do, you know, I'm a huge Orange Cassidy fan. He's another one of those guys pre-AEW that I was like, I never thought we'd get a chance on a bigger stage than the Indies because, like, I don't think the WWE would have had a damn clue what to do with him if he wound up there. Um, so AEW being around was huge for him. That said, I, uh, yeah, I, I'm just interested to see where this whole thing goes with Yuta. Um, I think he does join the, the combat club, and I do think that, Trent is going to break away from the best friends and orange Cassidy has not said or done anything when it comes to all this. Every time you see him in these segments, he's just like zonked out, like just watching it happen. Like he's not like giving a side at all up to this point. Um, so, and Robert saying he was just kidding. I know you were just kidding, dude. I'm like, I'm just kidding. Also like J- Jeremy's making it out to be way more serious than it is, but um, yeah, because it pops me. Yeah, I like, yeah. I like, that, I like that you're going about. for it. I should just let you continue it. That's yeah. All right. That's all right. Yeah, it's all right. It's all right. But um, but uh, and by the way, y'all, we appreciate everyone in the chat. Like whether you agree with us, disagree with us, like as long as you're being respectful about it, I, I'm totally fine with people having differing opinions on wrestling. Like it's it's to be expected. There's so much different stuff out there and so much different tastes and all this stuff. Um. I'd pop big time seeing Cornette respond to, to your headline though. That, that was like real, I legitimately laughed out loud at that. Um, but yeah, <laughs> but <isn't> so... <laughs> I didn't even know he responded. I mean, one, cause I don't follow him anyway. And it's not like I'm tagged in the tweet. So he has me blocked, but somebody like tagged me and it was just like, Oh, at Jeremy Lambert's cackling right now. And so I was like, Oh, what happened? So I had to use one of my burner accounts. I say one, like I got many. Uh, I do. Uh, so I had to use one of my burner accounts. I see what he said. And I was like, oh my God, like tremendous. Yes. I hope he rants about me on his show. I hope he does. My, my my future brother-in-law listens to his show. And it, it just popped me big time. And he's like, I was just listening to Cornette's show. And he's just calling you out. I was like, eh, what can you do? And all I... I listen more than most people do to his stuff. Oh, um, so I will, I will, I will hear, listen, I don't always, I actually disagree with the majority of what he says, but He's I, I'm, I'm okay with people out there having different opinions than me. Like, like he, he just, what he likes in wrestling is different than what I like, but I'm interested to hear his opinion because he's been in the business for so long and been part of such successful stuff. If he just would stay out of his own way, man, he could be such a, a, big help to the wrestling business if he could if he could just stay out of his own way but he can't jj jj has volunteered himself to listen to Cornette's show whenever whenever his raw review i don't know how his show works all right i don't know if he like reviews raw if he just like talks about shit i have no idea how this man's show works but jj has volunteered to listen to see if uh <laughs> there Cornette you go take shots at me or fight for what, what? does i'll just laugh wasn't it one of Conrad's shows where they like read out one of JJ's tweets or something? They're like JJ head of the distraction, whatever that is. <laughs> I think it was. I think it was uh, like Jeff Jarrett's podcast or something. Yeah, I remember that JJ? happening on. Like, I remember watching the show live or, or when it aired or whatever, and being like, "Wait a second, what the hell? Like, that's awesome." Yeah, JJ is always doing good PR work. That's why he's head yeah, of PR. Absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, um, anything else about Yuta that you got? I mean, we're, I think we're just both excited he's to great. see what, what he does going forward. Like it's it's interesting, and he's a great run. Wrestler. Run him and Daniel Garcia for three hours on an ROH pay per view. All right, 
Yeah, well, I I saw him and Garcia go for an hour. Was it him and Garcia or him and Moriarty? It was him and Garcia. It was him and Garcia. Yeah, that was the hour-long draw um, for the IWTV title at IWTV 100. Fantastic match. Yeah, run run them for three hours. All right, let's move to the to the Indies spotlight. Steven Jensen, big big week in wrestling overall. Big weekend, honestly, the biggest weekend in wrestling. Uh, there's about eight million shows going on, and I'm pretty sure Speedball Mike Bailey competed on eight eight million and one shows. All right, um, th- this man was all over the place. Let me pull up exactly everything he was on. Because, pull up his cage match. Yeah, pull up pull up cage match here. With, with a speedball Mike Bailey. He was on the, the Impact Multiverse show. I don't even have it pulled up yet. I'm still like typing, but I remember the majority of what he was on. So he was on the Impact Multiverse show. He was at WrestleCon, the Super Show against Bandito, Bloodsport against Umora, uh Zicky Dice's Trouble in Paradise against Effie, Multiverse against Alex Shelley, New Japan Strong against Jay White, Spring Break against Jordan Oliver, Unsanctioned Pro against Cole Radrick. Uh, Russell versus USA, Davey Richards, and then BLP, him and Davey Richards teaming against the Workhorsemen. All over the place this weekend. I think he was the MVP of the weekend. Uh, I've not seen every single match he has done. Uh, I've, I've missed the, the last three, so I'm sorry. I've not seen the, the Cole Radrick match that uh, you, you have loved, and I'll make I'll make a point to, to watch. But I thought the Bandito match was tremendous like that match was fucking awesome i love blood sport i mean we talked about it last week but the the styles clash of him and yumora like striker versus grappler gimmick i thought i thought that was great alex shelley against mike bailey i'd watch them wrestle a million times every single day uh and jordan oliver like i've never been the biggest jordan oliver fan mike bailey did great against him and now he was a late replacement in that match because that was supposed to be pco then PCO got hurt at the Impact show, so they just called up Speedball, I guess, and he's like, yeah, sure, I'll wrestle Jordan Oliver on, like, 30 minutes notice, I'm sure. MVP of the weekend, Speedball Mike Bailey. I'm so happy for him that he's back in the United States and getting this run. Yeah, it's it's fantastic stuff. He's one of the best wrestlers in the world right now, like, anywhere, in my opinion, like, like overall package between what he does in the ring, his his gimmick, the look, the whole, I mean, just he's, he, he, he looks like an 80s, I say this a lot. He looks like the main character of an eighties karate movie. Like, I mean, that's like a per it's that's meant as a major compliment. Cause like he seems like a real throwback, but wrestles like a modern day, like indie worker would like, he can do high flying stuff. He can do martial arts type stuff. Um, very fluent. He's also crazy. He's done like a lot of really crazy spots. Um, and like I said, my favorite match of the collective, the, the whole you know, 12 shows that the GCW ran for the collective, my favorite show was unsanctioned pros or my favorite match was unsanctioned pros heavyweight title match between Cole Radrick and Mike Bailey. Um, and Cole Radrick, of course, you know, a friend of the spotlight here. Um, so yeah, dude, seek that match out. I know you said you haven't seen it yet and you're going to check it out. Definitely check that match out. Um, that I thought, I thought that was just fantastic stuff. And Radrick definitely deserves a shout out. Um, he went either three and O or four and O for the collective, um, I don't, yeah, you can't count the clusterfuck that, that, that's like a non-record type match. I feel like, but I mean, considering SGC one as a group and the invisible man's one before, but the invisible man's pretty credible. Um, he's super credible. He's the most, yeah. cre- he was the most credible guy in that match. Yeah. It was crazy. It was crazy. Seeing the stuff he was, he was doing in the true innovator in the ring. Um, the, the four fifty <clears throat> springboard double underhook cutter into the double stomp. Yeah. 
That was one of the craziest moves I've ever seen. No, you can't even believe it. Um, yeah, even uh, Scott said his hair is a throwback for Mike Bailey. Yeah, it, it is. really is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, That's one everything. thing that I kept looking at during his matches is like, th- this man has immaculate, like mullet style hair. It's great. It's so my, good. Honestly, my my favorite thing about him, outside of like how great he is just to watch wrestle, is I love his entrance when he comes out to Brass Monkey by uh, BC Boys. Yeah. And instead of high-fiving the crowd, he'll kick their hands. Like, I think that's so awesome. Like, that's like... He's- he's such a good striker. Like I love watching him throw kicks. Like he's, he's such a good striker. Yeah. Yeah. He does like those machine kicks or whatever he calls them, where he goes like back and forth over and over then ends with an insiguri and knocks you over. And um, he was even, I mean, he was in his element in blood sport too. Like him and you I thought was done really well. And he was super over. Um, Yeah. Speedball Mike Bailey. I mean, if, if for some reason you're listening to me and Jeremy and you, you have not seen him yet, especially like, his current us run that he's on right now since you know he's done some good stuff in impact too i mean he's been doing some really good stuff there and he's been getting a push there and like him and ace austin has like gotten built up and stuff and like so it's i i'm it's one of those things where it was almost a blessing in disguise that he was banned because of visa issues for five years or whatever where he couldn't come into the u.s because now that he's here like he's blowing up big time. The timing just seems perfect. Um, he's having great matches in all these different companies against people of all different styles of wrestling. If you haven't seen it, his match with Ninja Mac was insane where they did like the spot where he did the crane kick to Ninja Mac and he fell off the balcony through those tables and stuff. Did you see that Jeremy? No, I've not seen this. Dude, but... this was like a few weeks ago. He did, It was him versus Ninja Mac and they went to like, the like the balcony of this it was super high up i mean this had to have at least been like 20 feet in the air if not higher and they're up there doing like a like like the, like fighting like they're in mortal combat or something and speedball hits him with a crane kick to the face and ninja mac falls off this balcony through these tables it was just nasty like um so yeah I like that you uh, that your spotlight was speedball this week because he's a guy who i legitimately think is one of the best wrestlers in the world right now Okay, I'm watching this spot right now. Okay. All right. Crank it. <laughs> I love the way Ninja Max said that looked like he, it sucked. Yeah. He has to stop for a second and like look over the thing before he jumps. Yeah. But, like, that looked like yeah. it sucked. That was a great sell by, by Ninja Mac. Oh, man. Plus Ninja <laughs> Mac as well. He had a busy weekend too. Uh, yeah. You know, we spoke with him last week, which, which feels like it really feels like two months ago. Uh, but we spoke with him last week, and I know he was excited about everything he was getting to do during this weekend. So I hope, I hope Ninja Mac had a good weekend. I know it was busy. seems like he had fun, but yeah, speedball is my MVP of, of, uh, of WrestleMania weekend. And I wish I, I would have been able to see everything, but there was just so much wrestling and I only have so much time in the day. Uh, I will go back and watch the, the Cole Radrick match though, because Cole is a former guest on the show. We like Cole again. Speedball is just awesome. So. Yes. And speaking yeah. of Cole, just, just real quick. Um, his matches for the weekend. Um, I'm pulling it up so I don't miss anything. But he was so his first match of well. So if we're starting really technically like the the collective weekend, he started off by beating Akira in a death match at Unsanctioned Pro. That was like and Akira is like super established in the death match scene. So for Cole, who kind of has one foot in one foot out of that scene to beat Akira, like that was a really big deal. 
Then he beat um he beat I Akira saw Ezra. highlights. I saw highlights from that, by the way. Yes. And I know I mean I know we've spoken to Cole, and I've always said that anybody who does this deathmatch stuff with crazy people, absolute madman, Cole Roderick, doing that against Kira. Yes. And and I, I misquoted it. That was actually the GCW Planet Death show I'm thinking of. He wrestled Akira the week before at Unsanctioned Pro. And then he did a thumbtack, a thumbtack kick pad and light tubes death match against Akira at Planet Death. Because Planet Death was right after spring break night one. So everyone yeah. saw Cologne versus JWM for the ultraviolent title. And then there was a full death match show after that for all these bloodthirsty GCW deathmatch fans. Um, he was in the clusterfuck. Um, he beat Cle- Kevin Blackwood at LA Fights for JCW. That was a really good one as well. Kevin Blackwood's really on the come up right now, too. And then, of course, the Speedball and Radrick match. So, um, so a really great weekend for for Cole and for Speedball, two guys that I think have just super bright futures. Jensen, your indie spotlight for this week? Cody Rhodes cannot wrestle on the indies now because he's in WWE. Like, you know, he doesn't have this built into his contract. I mean, he might. He apparently has the most complex contract ever, which, like, you know, he's going to need because he's got like the nightmare factory and all that (laughs) stuff too involved. And, but no, you know, it's looking like Cody, you know, it's not not that he was really doing it anyways while he was with AEW, but he had the option to at least. Um, So, yeah, no Cody on the indies, guys. And then feels bad. Um, But, in all honesty, my indie spotlight this week is from Game Changer Wrestling. So last week it was kind of the same spotlight, but now the match has happened. And I was very wrong with my prediction, as were many others. John Moxley retained the GCW championship over AJ Gray. The motherfucking truth. Black Death. Rich Homie Juice. I thought for sure that AJ Gray was going to win that title at spring break. Um, now... The match itself, I thought, was really, really good. Um, I love that Mox is the champion of Game Changer Wrestling. Like, none, none of this about me wanting AJ to win the title has anything against Mox. Like, if, if GCW has access to Mox, even on, like, a somewhat regular basis, I totally understand why he's their champion. I mean, he's he's John Moxley, and, and he doesn't need to be doing any of this stuff with the money he's made and the exposure he has in wrestling and working for AW and all this stuff, like, doesn't need to do blood sport. He doesn't need to do spring break death matches. And so he doesn't need to do any of this, but he does it for the love of the game. And I thought their match was really good. And Mox winning was surprising to me because I thought AJ was going to win the title and they'd have, because historically speaking up, up until pretty much up until RSP won the title, you know, Nick Gage's original run with the GCW title, he defended that belt on like every GCW show. And then RSP kind of defended it every now and then. The Nick Gage hardly defended it the second time. And Mox is kind of there and he kind of isn't. AJ was their opportunity to have a full-time champion again that defended that title on every show. That said, now we have to think, who is it going to be? Like, if it's not going to be AJ, who's next up? And I think next up, don't know if he wins the title or not, but I think next up is probably Chris Dickinson based on what I've been seeing in his return from injury and how great he looked over the collective and who he was beating, beating Suzuki and, and all that stuff. Like I think that uh, being Suzuki, beating Cardona, you know, a big, big time spot for, for the dirty daddy, the putrid Papa, the filthy father, Chris Dickinson. So that was my spotlight this week was Mox beat AJ. And I think Dickinson's probably next up for Mox. What do you think? Uh, JJ has been telling you Jeff Jarrett. Oh, Jarrett said like the triple A show running invasion <laughs> angles over there. Like I bless Jeff Jarrett. That man's going to get paid by somebody 
That's all I know about Jeff Jarrett. If one thing is for certain in wrestling, Jeff Jarrett's going to get paid by somebody. Uh, I said I said it last week that I was a little skeptical that AJ Gray was going to win because Lauderdale has said he booked like the Hammerstein show and he books Spring Break just differently because he knows there is a like bigger audience watching these shows and the the talent like the the more established talent go Mickey James went over Alley Catch and you know we were kind of like mm, I, I didn't don't like know about that this at decision all. yeah. yeah. Like, I like the I, match. Like the match was fine, but I didn't like the result of that one. Yeah. Yeah. So like, this is kind of, this is now a precedent when it comes to these shows. And that's why I was not super convinced AJ Gray was going to win. When that, when that match didn't close the show, I was very convinced that AJ Gray was yeah. not going to win. Because if you're going to do that big title switch, like you're going to close with that. Um, I'm, I'm locked on Janela beating Moxley for it i i think janella now that he's back in gcw pretty much full-time um he did not doing any aew stuff they they had the match on, on aew uh so you can kind of play off that a little bit janella the way he was booked in, in the battle royal as well i know nick wayne uh ended up eliminating him but they did the janella like brock lesnar stuff we were just tossing everybody out which was great um i'm kind of locked on janella beating Moxley for it. I think it'll, that's, that's where, that's where I'm looking at. Dickinson's a good call. That's a good call. But if I had to pick right now who it's going to be, Janela's right there. And I'm not, at least in my head, I'm not sure there's like a big number two, unless it's going to be Gage. Uh, but that, that would be the only person I can think of, of like, oh yeah, he's going to take the title from him. I think it's got to be like a tippy top name to do it. And I don't know if Dickinson is like there at this point. Yeah. I, I hear what you're saying, but I think amongst the GCW audience, he is. So it's one of those things That's where fair. like, you know, so like, I think that like for him to win the GCW title in GCW, that would only up his stock outside of the GCW audience. When people find out like, wait, who beat Moxley. And then like, they start looking into Dickinson and, you know, See, and I think that's the way to do it, honestly. And that's why, like, I thought AJ Gray would have been a good call, is exactly. because you want like an, a a name that is associated with GCW, but maybe doesn't have that quote unquote mainstream or isn't as well known outside of GCW. And I know Dickinson's done stuff with like New Japan Strong and everything, but I don't think that's the way they see it. I think they see it as they need a name that is almost bigger than GCW, and that's why I go to Gage because he is bigger than the, the GCW name. That's why I go to Janela because he's bigger than that. I, I wouldn't go back to Cardona and have him, but that's the type of guy that like I see actually beating Moxley is someone who just is a little bit bigger than the GCW name. Yeah, I, 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 I could see that as well. I mean, the thing is, they, once again, they have, they have some options. It's just going to be interesting to see who they actually pull the trigger with. Because, like, if they went back to Gage, for instance, I don't think that's the right move. Just because, like, Gage is already Gage. Like, he's not going to really get anything more out of beating Moxley for the title. And if I'm being completely honest, listen, I love Nick Gage as much as anyone in in, in the GCW fan base. But, like, he's got to lose some weight again and, like, really, like, he's he's yeah. got to, like, he's looking kind of rough. Like, yeah. I don't know how he looks in a singles match against John Moxley right now. Like, he looks like a totally different person right now than he did even when he wrestled Jericho on dynamite, you know, like, so he looked like a different person the first time he wrestled Moxley. Like, and, and I, I enjoyed that match 
Uh, but yeah, he this comeback, these tag team matches, it looks like he's gonna really hurt himself doing that pile driver on the outside as well. Like, yeah, he he's definitely looking very rough. So I'm with you on that. Yeah. So I don't I mean the thing is he's always gonna be super over whether he's like have regardless of what matches he's having, he's gonna be over there. And I just don't think he needs to beat Moxley to but he's already Nick Gage. Um, as MLJ would say, he's already the god of this shit. Like you can't like get any higher. Um, so yeah, we'll see. Cause like, I, like I've said so many times before, I thought Atticus Kogar was kind of being groomed to be one of those next guys. And like, he's not even in the company anymore. Um, I think Nick Wayne and Janela will probably be next based on the elimination and the clusterfuck. And, um, Janela really wants to give Nick a big spot because, and so does Brett because of him getting screwed out of being able to do the Hammerstein show. So they're kind of still doing make goods on that. It seems like. Um, yeah, well, the, the one of the makers was supposed to be Will Ospreay. It's supposed don't know what to be there. Yeah, obviously didn't happen. Yeah, but that you're right. That was supposed to happen. That was supposed to be like the big kind of consolation for missing Hammerstein. And uh, but I can see Janela eventually being the one to beat Moxley potentially. I think I think he makes sense. I think Dickinson makes sense. Um, JJ, I'm not even going to dismiss your Jeff Jarrett idea because I said it needs to be someone bigger than GCW and fucking Jeff Jarrett is the biggest star in the world, according to you. So and like, he's, he's not even like, he's, he's honestly not far from it. Um, he's got, he's, he, does, he does all the podcasts. He's on every single wrestling show out there. So I ain't, I ain't arguing Jeff Jarrett. I'm not dismissing Jeff Jarrett as being the GCW champion and dethroning John Moxley. I- they did the video package with him. He's got a stalker, so he's there. He's still game changer, baby. I, and, and JJ, I do think Jeff Jarrett's going to win the NWA World Heavyweight Championship soon. So, like, I think you got plenty to look forward to with Jeff Jarrett still um, in in the National Wrestling Alliance. Uh, by the way, I just got a, resp- a reply from from Riggs and, and some of the stuff that we were tweeting about, and uh, he said double drop kick to Janelle would be perfect receipt for the kick su- for the kids super kicking you to to Bagwell. So like we're really I have I have we are rolling the snowball down the hill. I have planted this into the world where I think American males versus Janella and a partner it might actually happen in GCW. <laughs> That'd be pretty nuts. Um, that would be honestly insane. You got to manage the American males. I'm trying to get you a managerial spot. Be sick, man. That'd Come out be there, sick. do the clap, do the clap, kids. Yeah, I'm trying to get over my head in this in the screen. Yeah. I remember being a kid and not understanding that in GCW when he was Scotty Anton. Like I didn't get the like what that meant, you know? And like as an adult, when I looked back, I was like, oh, he's talking about an STD, isn't he? Like, <laughs> like I was doing that in my house, like walking around my house doing the, I got the clap. I got the clap. You know, my parents probably like, what the hell was this idiot talking about? You know? <laughs> oh man. Um, funny story. Not well, very short story. I actually, uh, because I do talk to Riggs every now and then about MMA and stuff. Um, he recently, like I, I got my buff Bagwell autograph back in WCW days. Like as a kid, I met him in like an autograph signing when I was like 10. Um, the Riggs one is actually like really recent. He mailed it to me and signed it for me. Cause he, like I told him I put stuff all over my office and he was like, Oh yeah, let me send you some signed eight by tens. I was like, shoot, yes, let's go. So I have, Bag one rigs right next to each other on my wall together. So American males for life. I love the uh, American males theme. It's so stupid, but like yes. it hits, man. It know, when I heard Bagwell coming out to that, I was like, oh, fuck. I got yes. me on this one. Yes. I got me on this one. 
Yeah, Jensen. Anything else? Wrap it up for today. I think there's day after dynamites on on Fightful Overbook today. I know Will was in. Uh, Will was in. There is. Okay, so there we go. It's there. Um, Will was in Dallas last week, hanging out with uh, all the Grab City guys and a bunch of other people who were in Dallas. So there wasn't one last week, but you can go to Fightful Overbook. The, the theme is American males. American males. males American, American males. males. American, American males. American <laughs> That's the theme. Uh, American <laughs> males. Yeah, it's great. Um, I'll plug this real quick. Um, uh, is the the guy who called me an old man again? I'm gonna be stuck Robert. on this. Robert, he said he said something a minute ago that I yeah fucking I, rolled it popped me. What, what did he just say? He said he said let let uh, let him know what retirement home you're in so he can bring you some oh. pudding. So I'll tell you what you want you want you want to you want to help me out, Robert. You want to you want to uh, <laughs> donate to the cause. I have a tip jar on Twitter. Um, if you want to purchase, if you want to purchase me a WWE shop, Cody Rhodes t-shirt, I will wear it on the show. That goes for anybody. Anyone who wants to send any money to the tip jar, I'll buy Cody Rhodes merchandise with it to support him in world wrestling entertainment. So there you go. That shirt is so ugly. With Pharaoh on it? Yeah. It's Get so out of here, dude. Yeah. Come on. No, the, so there, was, there was three, there was three shirts. The one I'm wearing. Oh wait, no, I'm not wearing a Cody shirt right now. I'm, I'm, I, thought, I thought I was wearing my American Nightmare shirt. I'm like, yeah, go Cody and WWE. Let's go, oh. dude. That Pharaoh shirt. Cody went to the creative people and was just like, just give me one of everything, and they're like, say no more. Like here you go, Pharaoh, American Nightmare logo, American flag, fireworks, all this shit. So ugly. I will say again, this is what I mean by like Cody being an over the top like WWE guy who fits the giant American Nightmare VR logo that just like scares you on the Sick. screen. It's so WWE. It's so I, I think that's the reason why he guys like I'm gonna come back to WWE and they they're gonna have to use this everywhere and it's gonna be amazing. And he's right, it is like it's so fucking perfect. But no, that that shirt is awful. It's an awful shirt. Well, I will absolutely rock it if anyone wants to. Uh, I'm gonna just make that part of the show. Like, you know, if y'all, if y'all ever listen, if you ever send me anything on Tip Jar through pay- PayPal or anything that I, that does not have to do with one of the shows that I'm on, just put in the comments like what it's for. Like, here's twenty five dollars. This is for a Cody shirt. Oh, and I will, I will use it for that. Um, I do you want to see the buy, people buy us stuff? Oh, they bought me stuff. I'm about uh, to say, do you want to see the it? do you want to see the action figures you passed up on? Yes. Here, check these out. I just got to take my headphones off for a second. I'll tell the story. Uh, so when we had, in case people have missed it, so when we had Matt from Wrestle Rumble on, uh, we did a trivia contest, and I kicked the shit out of Steven Jensen in the trivia contest. But I'm such a humble and nice person that I actually gave my uh, victory prize to Jensen. Uh, I'm still the, the winner. Everyone knows me as the trivia king uh, of, of the spotlight. I'll read that when he's back, Robert. Um but yeah, but I gave my prize to Jensen because I figured he would appreciate it more. And I just wanted the bragging rights. All right. WWE bragging rights. I don't need a, a prize to show off like, hey, I won. I know I won. I know who won the trivia contest. I just have the bragging rights. Hey, Robert says, but, Robert uh-huh. says, uh, old man Jensen didn't realize he, he's wearing sunglasses. <laughs> this feud rules. <laughs> All right, Robert. So. Um, so this is what I won from Jeremy winning. So <laughs> what I won from Jeremy winning. <laughs> Great. This is the box that it came Sweet in. Box. All four of them in there. Very retro. I mean, this they are retro figures, but this is the back of it with like 
you know, all of them in the ring and stuff. Pretty cool. They made sure to note that figure cannot stand as shown for Bob Orton here. Like you cannot balance them on the ropes. That is, that is trickery <laughs> by the, 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 the fig photographers. But um, now to be fair, yes, you did beat me in the trivia, but by the end of it, after all 14 questions, it was pretty even like throughout. The oh, entire go thing. back and everybody go back and count in who actually, if you go through all 14, who won, I still kick the shit out of you. I think I might've won. Let's see. So and definitely not. I think I JJ, so, go back and, 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 and do the, the tabulations for this. So we have mean Gene Okerlund. That's pretty sweet. Pretty sweet. Pretty yeah. sweet. We've got Rowdy Roddy Piper. Okay. AKA the maniac, if you're a fan of Always Sunny. We've got Mr. T. Pity the Fool that doesn't have his action figures. Nah, just nah. They're they're very basic, you know, type figures, but that's kind of the point, like with them being retro, um, basically the Hasbro. And this is also like I got into wrestling into I was into WCW, so I was more like the smash and slam WCW wrestlers and the WWF fandoms. Yeah. Um, so I kind of miss the Hasbro era, but like I'm, I really like the, I'm going to keep these in on card because like they look so good in the packaging like this. Um, and then you got Cowboy Bob Orton and stand on the ropes. He cannot stand on the ropes on his own. And, um, what's cool about that is obviously, you know, they all have the tie in from WrestleMania one and, uh, WrestleMania was it WrestleMania two, the boxing match with Mr. Yes. Sheehan. Um, I, w- that's the one thing I was confused about was I wish they would have just had boxing gloves on these guys because like, this really, to me, was more about like the WrestleMania two boxing match because otherwise you'd probably have like a Hogan and an Orndorff and all that stuff as well. Right. Um, and also, shout. So once again, shout out to WrestleRumble.com. Shout out to Matt from WrestleRumble who was on this show. Um, not only did this guy send me your prize, which I very much appreciate, and they are going to be displayed very nicely in my office. I went out to my mailbox yesterday to. Um, because I, I knew there was gonna be something in the mail from check the mail, Jensen. I hardly ever I hardly I hardly ever check the mail, dude. So because because I'm not an old man and like I don't I I, don't, I use digital, you know, the the, the emails that, that these kids use. Fair. Um uh but uh but so I went to my mailbox for the first time in like a month and I uh and I uh, I was going through it and I was like there's a key in here for like a package. Who would have sent me something? I don't, I'm not expecting a package. I was expecting a letter for something completely unrelated. And I open the package and there's a, there's a note in there. And it just says something like, Steven, thanks for kicking so much ass. Matt from WrestleRumble. And I was like, Aww. what? He sent me a Brody Lee AEW figure. What the fuck? Like, yeah. I won the trivia contest. Yeah. And I, like, I this passed my gift. No, so this was like this was completely unrelated. Like, and I don't have this yet. And I'm a huge AEW collector. I don't have this yet. So I was That's like, awesome figure. Too. I marked out huge. I texted him. I was like, dude, thank you. So I, I had no idea who sent this to me at first because I opened the package and it was just the figure at first. And I was like, did Ringside Collectible send this to the wrong person? Because I didn't order this. <laughs> and then I saw his note and I was like, no way. So thank you so much, Matt. I, I know I, I thanked him in in uh. I, I texted him about it, but I wanted to give him a shout out on the show today before we went off air because like, what a nice guy. Like these, these are nice for anyone guy. who doesn't know me. I mean, I'm always obviously wearing an AEW shirt. If you ever are looking for like, Hey, I want to get Steven a gift for any reason. I don't know what to get him. 
AEW action figures are always a good choice. So like this is this meant a lot that Matt sent this to me. So wanted to show it on the on the stream today. He probably would have got you one too if he wasn't afraid that you would you know your kids would ruin it because you didn't want these figures. But uh, action figures, like I, I got a few of them, but I, I I'm not a collector, so I I don't have the appreciation for them like like you do. But that Brody Lee figure is awesome. The EP just fought for it as well. You want to send me gifts? Uh, send me Doc McStuffins gifts. I, I love Doc What's, McStuffins. What is po that? Pokemon. I love Pokemon. Please send me uh, anything Pokemon related. Shopkins. You can please send me that as well. This is all stuff that I love, Jensen. I don't know if you know any of this about me. I don't know what the first thing was. I I, I have Pokemon stuff. Um, but you don't what know was you don't know what Doc McStuffins is? No, I have no idea what Doc McStuffins is. Yeah, yeah, Doc McStuffins dolls, Doc McStuffins cribs, Doc McStuffins uh working area, like all of this stuff. What what is great. what what but what is it? <laughs> it's a cartoon. Like about a doctor? Yeah. She fixes animals. Oh. Like <laughs> I was just talking to some cool like like Doctor Antle from like Tiger King. It's like, definitely not that. <laughs> it's definitely not that. No, she um, fixes stuffed animals. Jensen, I think I actually don't know a lot about it. But... Is this something your your the EP's kids are in? Like she fixes kids toys. Yeah, the EP is yelling at me right now. <laughs> she fixes <laughs> toys. That's what Doc McStuffins does. We don't have uh, enough Doc McStuffins stuff. So if you want to send me Doc McStuffins stuff, please do. I'll send you my P.O. box. Well, there you go. Doc McStuffins. Um, and then is the Pokemon stuff for you or for the kids? It's all for me. I love all of this stuff. I can can't you tell that I'm I'm very knowledgeable about this? The Pokemon, the Doc McStuffins, the Shopkins. I love all of this stuff. You like Funko Pops? I actually do. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe one day you'll get some Pokemon Funko Pop from me. That'd be sweet. Because I do have some. And I have access to more for dude, Dave and Busters gets Pokemon Funkos. And I got oh, I basically have a I basically have a black card to Dave and Buster. <laughs> I can get whatever I want. So um I have I have I, 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 I got a Pikachu in my living room. Oh nice. Um, I will 100 yeah. percent take some Pokemon Funko Pops. Okay. Okay, cool. I'll keep that in mind. I'll keep that in mind since you know you 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 regifted um your winnings to me and everything, and maybe 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 I'll hook you up with with some Pokemon stuff. I, I need at least four. I you see. I, well, it's I gotta be at least four. four. Yeah. Okay. Right? I have four. Is that four kids or two kids and y'all? However you want to divide it. <laughs> I just need at least four. Right? Okay. Okay. I'll see what I can do. I'll see what All I can right. do. <laughs> The quiz is currently uh, four to two me, by the way, according to JJ. I don't know if we're going to have JJ, if you're going to be able to get through it all by the time we finish, but maybe Jensen always plugs like 5 million things because he does 5 million things. So Jensen, go ahead and plug stuff. I can drag this plug out until, uh, until we get there. The, <laughs> until the we confirm sword. that I won. No, I mean, if you want to, if you want to drag this plug out to confirm that I won, then go for yeah. it. Yeah. So y'all can find me in St. Louis. Um, yeah, I'll say, uh, I'll say y'all can find me at Fightful.com. I will be here later tonight. I'll do a solo stream tonight. Um, we're going to do Twitch. Joel is unavailable. He has some family stuff going on. Very busy guy over there. You right got now. a kid. Shout out to Joel Pearl. Yeah. Matt, we've He's been, been fucking. 
Well, nine oh, months Joel, ago, anyway. Joel, Joel got laid nine months ago, y'all. Yeah. Um, but uh, but no, no, huge shout out to him and his wife. I mean, like, yeah, we I've, I've said it on many platforms up to this point, but like, I don't know if we've mentioned it here on the spotlight or not. But obviously, we're very happy for Joel, and he has very good reason to be busy tonight. So, um, I will do a solo stream on twitch.tv slash Fightful Gaming tonight. I'll go from 7 till probably around 8 o'clock, um, so about an hour or so. I think I'm going to play some Fortnite. I've been really enjoying the zero-build Fortnite since they uh, since they uh, kind of rebranded the game with the no-building option. And uh, I'm going to play that tonight on stream since it'll be just me. I'll jump in some solo queues and uh, try to get some dubs for y'all on Fortnite. So hey. that'll be twitch.tv slash Fightful Gaming tonight at 7 p.m. Um, the weekender will be on Sunday. That's FightfulSelect.com, talking the world of independent pro wrestling and a whole bunch of other stuff. I did a full collective review on the last episode of the weekender. So if you want to, if I, I literally went through every match from every show from all 12 cards and gave the finishes and some thoughts to everything. So um, check that out. That's at FightfulSelect.com. Got my show with Doug every Tuesday, live rounds. That's on the RVD Tito for Life YouTube channel. I'll probably have a show with Jesse coming up soon because we do that whenever we're able to. And I'm just trying to keep stretching this until JJ gets our results. Um, what else do I have going on? Uh, oh, yeah, Degrassi dudes. Friday, me and SP3, Fightful Overbooked. We're going to be talking about Jay and Silent Bob being a part of Degrassi and all this. Wait, what? Oh, you didn't know that? No. Oh, Jan saw Bob Degrassi? were like, I didn't oh, know no, they Jay were actual. Bob were part of it. Oh, yeah. Not only are they like actual characters in the show, like for like multiple episodes, like not the whole series, but like there's pockets of, of episodes where, um, damn it, JJ. Don't... Ha, see, I told you I Man, won that shit overall. What was the score, yeah. JJ? Yeah, it's got to be closer than, you yeah. know, but, um, but no, Jan saw Bob are, are characters on the show for like some chunks of episodes and Kevin Smith, who plays Silent Bob, of course, Kevin Smith's favorite show as a kid was Degrassi. And he wrote himself, he booked himself into a storyline as an adult where he gets to kiss his crush from when he was a kid watching the show. So like, um, so yeah, we're going to do a Jan, Jan Bob episode seven to five. That's pretty close, man. That isn't like a total destruction. Like you're making it out to be. Uh, I, I, I beat you when it, it mattered. And one of them was me just, overall. and one of them was me just Freudian slipping. I'll call Malone's name out of my mouth when I clearly meant Dennis Rodman, but like, yeah. <laughs> um, but anyways, uh, no, congratulations. You beat me fair and square. JJ has confirmed it, um, but I have the prize. So the prize. Thanks. See you next week. <laughs> Guys, go over to uh, go over to FightfulOverbooked.com. Will and Phil uh, are there reviewing uh, Dynamite from last night. Since it is a guest that I know and am familiar with and am friends with, I'm going to pop on there and heckle uh, Phil Lindsay. Uh, this is my, my new bit. Where anytime Will Washington has a guest that I'm I'm friends with, I just get on there and heckle them. So I'll be on there in like two minutes after this show, uh, heckling them. Uh, go to yeah Twitch tonight with, with Jensen. Stay five over books. We'll we'll get back rolling uh, again next week. This week we Joel had a lot of family stuff going on with, with the kid. I was burnt out as I as I messaged like I'm very burnt out from from the last week. Did not feel like doing like a ton of that kind of content because I was also focused on my news content. So I uh, appreciate you guys still supporting and everything we do. Appreciate you guys. We'll be back next week. We'll have the guest. Oh my God. We'll have the guest next week. Uh, everyone take care. Enjoy your Thursday night.